and welcome to episode 315 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. I'm Vince Hunt, creator of Murder Road, and joining me as always is the creator of the webcomic Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. And the man who, every week before we start this show, will end up talking about something that will probably put me off, and I think I think it did this <laughs> week, it's Tony Esmond. I've just got home. What? Where have you been, T? Well, I was coming home, but I've just got here. Uh, uh, fuck off. Um, <laughs> welcome, no, was... to, welcome to the show, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> look, we can, look. We're not even watching it. We we're not. Care. We're not. We're, and also, we're not a current affairs show. People will listen to this about two months afterwards. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, but fu- it was meant to be a subtle little joke, but you had to ask me yeah. to explain it. it you <laughs> oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I really appreciate, Tony? The apology. The apology. Thank the you. Apology. Uh, the apology. This week is full of mom- momentous <laughs> occasions, such as that one. And we also have a fantastic chat yes. with, with, with a writer coming up that is um, that is brilliant. We just finished having the chat and it's, it goes in all directions and it's fascinating. You will love it. Um, yeah. And we'll tell you more about that in a sec. But we, we should probably um, talk about... Do the sponsor. What am I, yes. What am I, yeah. Who's our sponsor again? Uh, Comic House. Yes. Yes, Comic House, our lovely sponsor, who obviously know that I'm I'm acting right now, darlings, but they are <laughs> a comic marketplace with a difference. They love indie comics as much as we do. Imagine that. Imagine a world where everyone loves indie comics as much as we all do. Much as the three of us do. Yeah, man. Oh, I'm going to use that phrase again, creaming your pants, because it doesn't get used enough. You say it again, but no one heard it the first time you said it. It's going to have to oh, yeah, go in yeah. the bloody after... <laughs> after show isn't it so it makes sense continuity people that's uh what we've never but had that's a show. call forward to the end of the show after oh, the credits there you go stay stay tuned for the after credits moment <laughs> <laughs> that's something to look forward to isn't it uh, anyway, yeah yeah definitely sh- um i mean pete and the comic house gang probably look forward to their sponsorship ad every week and then after they've heard it they're like why do we sponsor Fucking this hell. show again yeah. Yeah. um who agreed to this yeah <laughs> but we love them because if you go to comichouse.com, there's a huge selection of titles on their database. If you self-publish, you can list your book on there and start selling your comics from the site itself. They also have a featured section on their site. And plus, they have a they have their own app. Mm. Legit, it's too legit to quit. Oh, I can't believe I'm talking like that. It's, it must oh, be late on a Sunday night. Um, but basically, it's like Netflix for comics. For only £3 a month, you get access to an enormous library of digital indie comics that's being added to all the time. In fact... What's on there at the moment, Dan? We've got a uh, spaced out issue zero to issue four. Oh, but so yeah. five issues are spaced out available from Tidal Wave Productions. We've got uh, Grey from Daniel Faulkner. That's a UK indie comic, I believe. We've got uh, Bloop and the Pigeon Pandemic, issue one, Mars on Lockdown. Uh, that mm. looks like a kid's co- comic. It looks good, that one. And we've got, this one sounds great, Roger Gorman, pre- Gore- Corman presents the Desperate Games, issue one, Two four. Well, I'm going to read that. Yeah, that looks good. I like those those crazy films. Uh, the artwork looks great. Yeah, loving all about that. Let's let's read the the story synopsis. Please do. In introducing <laughs> Desperate Games from Ain't It Cool News is Mark Miller, Mark L. In the near future, three teens find themselves thrust into a tr- twisted version of the Olympic Games against a horde of vicious sportsmen and bloodthirsty crowd of spectators. David, Carrie, and Dean play a game where winning and losing oh, are matters of life and death. 
I mean, so you read that very well, and I, I especially I, liked the way you said thrust. Thrust, yes, yeah. Thrust. I could tell thrust. Bloody hell, Dan. Yeah. Oh, uh, it made me a tingle in my fanny. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is completely different for our US listeners than it is from the UK. <laughs> um, but you get. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can read it's gone all badly of those. today. Yeah, it's, it's, it's or, yeah, or brilliantly, depending on the sort of quality content you expect from this show. But if you want quality content, then just for three pounds a month, you get access to, to all of that on nicely pulled around. <laughs> Thank you, uh, uh, comichouse.com. Plus, there's a 14 day free trial. Um, there's also a family friendly sort of if you want all ages comics for your kids, you can also sort of change your settings so they're only in the kids' comics and not the sort of filth and grot that we create. Yeah, uh, although you should read it, please. Uh, um, <laughs> and if you want to read it, you can just go to comichouse.com. There, yeah. there you go. Oh, you so brought that link home. Vince. I did. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I am really. I'm ice skating uphill with you, bastards. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, we are in a good mood. We are in we a are. good we mood. Had a great interview, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. This has been a. We spoke to Alec Worley, who is a writer that you may know about from his work in like Warhammer, um, Two Days in AD, um, one of my favourite books, the Realm of the Damned series. Man, I've got to get into that. He did some turtle stuff, that. which we didn't even touch on, did yeah. we? Yeah. No, no we, and, and to be honest, we didn't touch on a lot of stuff because we had a, such a great time talking about his new book, Black Beth, and also there's an awful lot of comics writing process talk coming up. And we know yes. a lot of you people out there are a fan of the process talk, and we are as well. Um, so we just never mind our waffling. We're going to laugh to ourselves for the next fifteen minutes while you're listening to, to this interview um, because it's fascinating. There's we actually get serious, so we've got all the funny stuff out of the way, and now um, actually I can't say that because Alex just the same as us really, isn't he? He, he joins in right at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. Mate. Yeah. So uh, check out the interview now. Okay, this week we're very pleased to be joined by a writer whose writing credits include the likes of 2000 AD, Warhammer, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Realm of the Damned, which as you all know is one of my personal faves, and his latest book is the new Black Beth. Welcome to the show, Alec Worley. What's How are you doing? Everything all right? Alec, good, good to have you on, man. Yeah, good stuff. As yeah, as I know we had a, recently had a chat about dress code for the show. I know you're dressed up. Nice. Yes. I'm not going the full Winnie the Pooh, as you promised, but um, <laughs> I am casually attired. Um, but I did have a shower just for yeah. you guys. Thank I mean, you. you do have to sort of ask the question which Winnie the Pooh are you talking about? Because in Disney's version, he did have a t shirt on top, but in the original. He, he just... Yeah, that's why I go. I go with a t shirt and nothing on the bottom. That's oh, why I do. That's right. Real classy. Classy. Yeah. yeah. He, but he's also got like a seam sort of up his ass. So you can see the stitches. Have you met Tony then? Oh, right. You've seen Tony in real life. <laughs> Is that time I fell down the stairs and my cock went in the Hoover? That's where that <laughs> injury You know what? I used, to, I used to know a nurse who worked. Um, she said every, pretty much every other week, a bloke would come in with something up his bump. <laughs> and it was, it was, it could almost be, and each bloke thought they were the first bloke to ever do it because they yeah. would all start with the same excuse. It was always, I was, I was coming out of the shower and I slipped yeah. or, and it was, and she goes, I would have had more respects if they just said, look, I'm not, I'm just going to own up. I lubed you, up. You've got to yeah. you get in front of it, haven't you? You just got to go, look, yeah. we don't need to talk about it. You know yeah. it and I know it. Yeah. Just let's just, it. let's just deal with it. Let's just get yeah. <laughs> 
I was yeah. down the allotment on the cucumber patch. Yeah. My trousers <laughs> fell down. I lost my footing. You never guess what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why Henry the Hoover's so happy. Yeah. yeah. As you can yeah. tell, folks, it's going to be a fun one this week. Um, <laughs> Hold on. We've we've already been uh, speaking for ten minutes before we even started this interview and been laughing a lot. And also, Alec and Dan have properly bonded over Viz. Viz, yes, yeah. oh, totally, lovers. yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is definitely a book that um, we're. I, I feel there's a discussion in the future. We've got. To do, you, do you remember I asked two of the two of the Viz people to come on, and we never followed it up. I must do that. Must yeah, I, must follow that. Up. I emailed Viz. Yeah. They're, they're, they're mysterious stuff. creators, aren't they? Like you yeah. don't. I mean, I, yeah. I remember like when I, the, sh- the brief time I was on Twitter, I followed the two guys who did who did Drunken Bakers, and um, and that was it. I couldn't quite figure out who everyone else was. Like I couldn't figure out who did um, Fruity Bun and these Gingerbread Sex Dolls, yeah. which is another work of genius. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I mean, that sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but it truly isn't because the way it follows his delusion that the things are alive and yet they are somehow alive. Yeah, it's just it's 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 brilliant. It's just one of those. It's people talk about British comics, and it's kind of like 2000 AD. It's all kind of very respectable. But then you've kind of got Commando as well, which is mm. that little oddball thing that kind of chugs along in the background. Yeah. and then Viz just kind of kind of gets totally overlooked. It's just kind of proper outlaw comics almost, and yet yeah. there's so much amazing stuff that goes on in it. If you look at the Viz, like when they do a Facebook post, all the people underneath it commenting, and they're all kind of in on the joke and telling jokes <laughs> themselves. Yeah. Mm. yeah, they're great. Yeah, and also like like whenever because myself and Tony we get gifted the annual once a year from from Dan. Very kind of you, Dan. Yeah. As always, something we've right. it's it's kind of a tradition now. We're I like, look forward to it now. Yeah. It. Yeah, Doing yeah. the Lord's work. And, but as soon as you open <laughs> it up, you just you immediately hit by the quality of artwork in there is astonishing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that book. Whereas it's yeah. it's probably one of those because of the name Viz and the rep, you know c- comics in themselves have a reputation much like superhero genre has a reputation. People yeah. probably hear, hear the name and went go oh it, they think it's this and it's it's not it's, it's not. a lot more going. On. It's I a subversion I... of that style that we had with you know I know you've got they've got it coming out from Rebellion that Monster Fun book yeah, and it's a subversion yeah. of that sort yeah. of very British I, you yeah, know Dino that's it i think i think i think it's like you've because there's so many strips in there that are taking the piss out of old school 1950s conservative boys adventure comics yeah. and i do i do wonder sometimes do the modern readers even know those books yeah. at all yeah um but i mean things like um the board the of black bin liner was a favorite of mine yeah Yes, yeah. that's it. I remember that one. Some of them—they're really topical as well, though. Like you'll read them, and they're like—they're they're making like a statement about something that's going on in the news or a politician or something. Yes, yeah. What's the politician think... one called? Oh, oh. Um, he's always remember. Baxter. But oh, um, oh, Baxter Basics. Yeah, Baxter Basics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the names. Man. Just yeah. <laughs> That'll be on a bus soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh. But, the, but I think I, I, I do. I do wonder, like, because frankly, and I am not the only person to say. Alan Moore said this as well. How, like, comics certainly in the last like seven years, comics have become very middle class. Yeah, and Pat Mills said the same. Yeah. He calls it the hamsterization of comics, which it I kind is. Of think, it, yeah, it, yeah. it really is. It's it's kind of everything's kind of you know very waitrose. And yeah, yeah, yeah. things like Viz, I mean, certainly reputation, it's very oi oi, working class, mm, but it's yeah. it's kind of, but it, I don't know, it's, uh, it's it's an interesting one, Viz. We, we find the same about, about, about <laughs> even about the zines and stuff. 
they're like they've become super middle class now, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, a lot uh, of, um, I mean, zines in themselves. When I was younger, I used to think, you know, the photocopied, properly sort of homemade. And punk now, rock. And now, yeah. now a, a zine will be as professionally printed as, you know, some zines yeah. are just mm. supremely. Yeah. What coffee I drank today in yeah. London Fields. You know, it's that sort of <laughs> My flan recipe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's very it's, it's strange. It's very yeah. strange. But yeah. um, I mean, yeah. obviously... You're immediately people know that you're a man who knows uh, their comics and has grown up with comics, and uh, I think that's a good uh, sort of introduction to how this new sort of Black Beth um, has come about, which I think is quite fascinating. I, um, yeah, it's quite an interesting origin, isn't it? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's yeah. She's she's got. A, sorry, interrupt you again. I'm no, 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 take it, no, it, take it away. The, the floor yeah. is yours. Tell, just, tell us about. it. I get really overexcited and just want to talk over everyone. <laughs> Um, right. I don't That's get right. out. I sit at home staring at desks and talking. Literally, when I've when I've written something, especially if it's a comic script, I will read it through, talking in the voices. The neighbours must think I'm absolutely barking mad. <laughs> sex person. Talking. They think you're a sex person, clearly, Alec. Basically, yeah. I'll do yeah. like you know, talking, screaming, shouting, talking, in a high lady's voice. And <laughs> seriously, absolutely round the twist. But um, but yeah. So 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 Beth is um, she's she's. Uh, she's had a, a, a very kind of strange, mysterious um, background as Beth. So um, she started off life. This much we know. She was commissioned. Well, the strip was commissioned in 1976, um, according to the artist uh, Blas Gallego. That's how you pronounce it. Gallego, Gallego. It's a Spanish right. uh, uh, comics artist, illustrator, uh, who's also famous for doing lots of uh, brilliant uh, Conan cover art. And his oh, course, website yeah. is his his website is very 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 not safe for work. Um, <laughs> and there is a heroic amount of porn on there. Um, <laughs> heroic amount. Yeah. Heroic <laughs> amount of porn. That's the classification um, of porn. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, it, it was it was commissioned by a guy called uh, Jack Jack Legrand who used to work for IPC. Yeah. Now, from what we understand, it was commissioned in 1976 for a a comic called scream we don't really know whether it was a horror book or quite what it was whether it was an anthology but it's going to be called scream and um it got canned before issue one uh, as a lot of ipc books did um when they had these big ideas and then they just ended up um, getting shelved and um the artwork for beth had all been done and those pages essentially sat in a drawer for over 10 years and um i believe it was barry tomlinson uh, when he was doing the Scream, because everyone knows since the Scream anthology comic that came out in the 80s and ran for a year and was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, there were several holiday specials that came out several each year after that. And one of these, I think it was the 1988 one, which I think is the one that's got that Nosferatu ghost on the cover, the dude in the big overcoat. And okay, the ball yeah. Head. Yeah. Um, there was uh, yeah. I, I picked it up in 1988 when I think I was on holiday in Norfolk, and um, bored out of my mind. And my mum got me uh, got me this special, and it was it was dominated by this strip, Black Beth, that they'd unearthed for free, out the, dug it out of the drawer and stuck it in there. And um, we don't actually know who wrote the thing. Now I did a little bit of detective work when I pitched. Because this isn't the first outing of the of our revived Black yeah. Beth. We've done a couple of. Uh, you were in the Scream and Misty special, weren't you? In That's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which yeah. I did a couple of years, uh, two, about three years ago, was the first one. And um, 
So I asked around and I, I emailed Blast and I emailed Barry Tomlinson and Dev Skin because Gallagher was doing um, for Hammer House of Horror. He did a couple of um, uh, horror, uh, Hammer strips. I think he did Twins of Evil and something else. Okay. Uh, so I asked um, Dez and asked about it. Now, Dave Roach, is, Dave Roach, the artist and historian, he's probably the man to ask about this. But I've just dug out my um, notes that I made at the time. And one of the um, writers on it was apparently uh, Ian Gibson. Um, and I got this from a book that I think it was Hibernia Comics did. I, I'm afraid I don't know the author. Apologies. Uh, Hibernia Comics did a book called It's Ghastly, The Untimely Demise yeah, of Scream. Love, love yes, that. I need yeah. to get that. You got yeah, that for you, yeah, yeah, I've got yeah. that. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the full story the full story's in there. And basically it said that um, well, it said there that Gibson uh, worked on it briefly, but it appeared to be uh, some kind of project that Blast was doing on his own. Uh, but he, he he basically did most of it. Now, when I spoke to Blast myself and asked him who wrote it, he said he couldn't remember who, who'd written it. So I know right. he's quite elderly now and I don't know if his memory isn't what it was or he just or maybe someone else wrote it. We don't know. Um but uh, what I'm hoping to what I'm hoping to do at some point is do a proper deep dive into this and see if we can find out exactly who did this, so I can sort of put together like a definitive boom, 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 boom. Because it would be great to um, credit the original writer if you can find out who he is. I spoke to Barry Tomlinson. <clears throat> he reckoned there was they used to have these massive, great big grimoires in uh, in IPC that listed everybody who did everything, the letter of the colour and right. everything. And uh, he said they they chucked them out. One someone said they were taking up too much space and they were willing to skip. Uh, so yeah. um, that Bloody all hell. disappeared. But um, but yeah, at, at the moment, the only creator we can say for certain was uh, was was Blass. And I remember thinking at the time because um, when I got it in 1988, I was away with the fairies on fighting fantasy game books. Hulk the yeah. Slayer, Conan the Barbarian. Excellent, excellent. Um, the, class, the classic holiday classic. fodder as well, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, so I was an absolute fantasy nutcase. And I seem to, I, I, I remember getting it in my head. Oh, there's going to be people screaming at me now who the name of the artist was. But there was a guy who did the illustrations for tell, the fighting fantasy book, Talisman of Death. And some of the Dragon Warriors books and the Way of the Tiger. Do you remember the ninja? Yeah, oh, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's Bob somebody, and I'm afraid I can't remember his surname. I got it into my head because the style looked quite similar. It was that smoky, sinewy, black and white, inky artwork. And I got it into my head that it was it was him who drawn it when I was however old I was in 1988. And um, looking, looking at the pages from the original strip now, um, I think I get the feeling that um, the pages, Blast's pages, were tinkered with because... Let me just hit pause for a second and just uh, tell you what the strip is about. So it's set in uh, a sort of medieval Europe. It's almost kind of Macbethian in its kind of it's lots of kind of strange warlords. And um, there's this sort of vengeful, smoky, witchy kind of atmosphere to it all. And there's this uh, prophecy gets told to this Lord uh, that this um, this demon of vengeance was going to come along. This girl, I think, was going to kill him. And um, and he goes off and tries to stop this and he lays low this village as happens to every like eighties fantasy hero yeah. from like red Sonia to Conan to everyone. Their village gets wiped out by the law warlord and they swear revenge. So in, in wiping out this village, he actually kicks off the very person who's going to come and get him in the end. And um, so it's all very kind of Greek tragedy, uh, you know, sort of like the Perseus story and all this kind of thing. 
And so she gets rescued by this um, blind hunchback called Quido. And um, he makes her a suit of armor. Quite how he does that. If he's blind, I don't know. He does it by braille. Yeah. We don't know. And <laughs> people are calling these things, aren't they? Yeah. 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 And um, and sort of teaches her how to fight and all this kind of thing. And then she she makes her her vow and she dresses up, look, looks awesome, and off she goes on a kind of uh, vendetta against all evil. And um, so anyway, the going back to the the pages on the original art. And again, you probably have to talk to someone like David Roach about this. Um, some of the panels. Um, I get the feeling perhaps the strip was done for a slightly older audience because um, there's panels in there where you are clearly supposed to be looking at Beth's booty. And <laughs> I think he's drawn the arse and someone's blacked it out with ink because there's certain panels. There's, there's bits when she's lying on her front or knocked out and literally it's all arse, basically. And <laughs> someone's blacked it all out. And there's bits where she's kind of wearing little chainmail knickers um, over what looked like black leggings and i think perhaps what might have happened is someone's blacked this out to make it a little bit less curvaceous for a, a younger audience gotcha okay um, yeah okay. but I, I, I couldn't i couldn't say that for sure there's there's one panel in particular that looks a little bit odd um and you just kind of think well I, I, that that just looks strange to me you guys i mean you as artists among you so i mean you'd probably uh, be able to spot that perhaps better than i would um but yeah, so we. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping at one point to just do a little bit of a deep dive, maybe get in touch with um, Ian Gibson and um, and Dave Roach and see if I can find out sort of properly a little bit more about how this came about. But at, at, at the moment, the guys who've done all the legwork on this is um, Hibernia Comics in there. Uh, it's Ghastly, the unti- untimely demise of Scream. Yeah, uh, yeah. their publications are so well sort of, sort of yeah, researched and written. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating stuff. So they I kind of put the stuff that. out that they put the stuff out that um, the um, the guys who brought Black Beth out aren't bothered about that. I've, I've bought a couple of collections off them recently, actually. Hibernia, yeah. they put out a few things, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of David Roach, he's done a pin up in this as well, isn't he? Yes, that's right. That's right. I, 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 I just haven't had bloody time to get into touch. There's there's a, there's a couple of um, there's a couple of terrific pin ups, and there's a couple of um, there's a couple of strips at the back that. I think some some of the reviewers aren't really kind of mentioning, but are just equally amazing artwork. There's uh, and Andrea uh, Bolg. Uh, oh God, I'm going to mispronounce his name. Bolg. Uh, Bolg I think. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I That's where I'm going with it. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. yeah. He did. He, he did a brilliant like uh, John Bussema sort of savage sort of Conan uh, types. Uh, he did the cover as well, didn't he? As well. Yes, he did the cover because as that, well. Yeah. That cover's stunning. Yeah, that, strong that, cover, man. That yeah, is. That yeah, reminds really is. me of those, sort of, like you say, the fighting fantasy books. Do you know yeah, it's definitely. Got, yeah. It's got yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of real vibe to it. Tells yeah. a story as well, man. I like covers like that. You know, you've got everything going on in that cover, haven't you? This yeah. is it. I think. I think it's. It's uh, what, what I really wanted to do with the whole thing is it's like, um, you, you know, what what Spielberg did with Raise the Lost Ark. Like what Spielberg was doing is obviously this was all inspired by the Saturday morning serials he saw when he was a kid. But he wasn't really as interested in just homaging specific things as he was trying to kind of conjure the spirit of how he felt as a little kid watching these amazing things. And I was in the same in the same vein. I remember watching things like Golden Voyager Sinbad and um, uh, Jason the Argonauts and just trying to go back and remember how did I feel in my gut when I saw that and mm. try and nail down what that magic was. And for me, it was always that it's, it's an old phrase. It's not really used much anymore, but that sense of wonder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think um, 
that sense of wonder is certainly i'm gonna sound like a grumpy old man now um is lost on a lot of certainly like modern c- cinematic sort of films we expect stuff. so much Be- because yeah. and also yeah. we look at them and go oh that special effect isn't that that's a bit ropey or yeah that's like this but like you say when i was i was a kid and i watched jason the argonauts which was still like 20 30 years after my time or whatever yeah, time man. i watched it it blew yeah. my mind no i didn't yeah. i didn't question well how did those skeletons how did they do this yeah. i watched golden oh. voyage of sinbad about a month ago but That's i just watched so... it for carolyn monroe to be fair she has <laughs> a very I, I do recall she has a very sweaty bosom in that yeah um, that <laughs> yeah the medusa um, clash is bloody scary as fuck oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. terrifying yeah. completely yeah. i mean i think i think as well one of the one of the things that that it's, it's, there's, there's certain techniques that get used in, in certain movies and in certain books and so on to kind of create that sense. And I think some, something that's lost these days is, you know, it's, it's almost like they're making movies out of wiki pages. It's like you don't, <laughs> yeah, it's like the alien, the alien franchise is a perfect example as far as I'm concerned. It's like you don't need to know where the space jockey no. comes from. There's yeah. a zillion yeah. questions and all you're doing is just sucking every ounce of mystery and yeah. imagination out of everything because you're not giving the viewer sp- imaginative space. Yeah. So that sucks I mean, the threat out as well. Yeah. The, the, the fear yeah. is the unknown, isn't it? It's just yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like so. So, for example, there's there's one there's one technique I always kind of glommed onto, and it's it's something that's used in Star Wars, the original state. It's not called a New Hope. It's called fucking Star Wars. Anyway. Oh, awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, it's, it's, it's the fact that what was so clever about that and what Lucas did is he built everything into into the dialogue. So you got Luke talking about Toshi Station and power converters. We never find out what power converters are or what Toshi Station yeah. is. But the dialogue is so evocative. It gives you the sense. It just plants that seed in your brain and it gives your imagination. It invites your imagination in and it allows you to just kind of come get a sense of, of a world that exists beyond the rectangle of the screen. And this, it, you see similar things, even in things like Hawk the Slayer, the wizards are gathering in the south. Mm. You, what does that mean? But it doesn't matter. It's just <laughs> got that sense. Lords to the north. They've yeah, mentioned them yeah. several times. <laughs> so you've, so you've, but you've, but you've, you've got that sort of sense of, of you being invited to be an active component in the story. There was, And it's something that I'm learning. It's something really that I've learned in doing prose recently. And um, it's something that you get in writers like Hemingway. So, sorry, to pull back a little bit there was um there's a brilliant uh ted talk on uh youtube by andrew stanton it's on youtube um called i think it's, uh, the art of story or something and he's andrew stanton is one of the pixar brain trust yeah and in that he talks about what he what he called uh the universal theory of two plus two so you don't give the audience four you give them two and you give them another two and you let them come up with four right so what you do, you don't show a T-Rex bursting through a set of gates. What you show is a glass of water shaking on a dashboard and mm. a missing goat. And, you, and, and your brain will, will fill in the gaps and go, there's something big heading this way. So it's all about inferring. And it's like what re- I'm reading a lot of Hemingway at the moment. And what Hemingway does is he doesn't... Love Hemingway, man. Yeah, he, he doesn't. But it's like you're watching the thing on BBC Two at the moment. I haven't. No, I haven't seen that. It's, no, it's, it is monumental. It's absolutely amazing. I, I, I'm so glad I'm watching it. What's it called? But it's it's just, it's just called Hemingway. It's like a six part documentary on on his whole okay. life. It's Six parts. All right. Goes into everything. And I just read the snows of Kilimanjaro last week. Actually, funny enough. Funny. Oh, really? It. That's fucking fantastic. Yeah, it's just, about bleak. 
it's just it's, it's so death haunted and it's so yeah. it he, what he doesn't he doesn't state anything everything's inferred and so it's it's something that Stephen King said about writing in the goes he goes the more I describe my high school nerd the more it pushes your high school nerd out so when you're describing anything you don't describe too much you don't give them too much because you're then you're just pushing the other person out you need to give them imaginative space going yeah. back to the whole thing with fantasy yeah. it's like but that's a challenge with comics though isn't it comics are a very visual medium where you're literally seeing it on the page how, how do you find mm. those sort of writing challenges you know putting that into practice in a comic again, again i mean probably the same way like lucas did in star wars it's like you put it into dialogue or you put it into kind of uh whatever the things that people are talking about and the kind of i mean yeah. even in things like jason the argonauts I always remember that shot in Argonauts when, uh, you know, when the, uh, Hercules and Hyla stumble into the little valley and you yeah. see Talos, but there's all these other statues yeah. in the background. You're like, what are they? What are they? It's like, but you never, you never, you never get to walk over there. You never get to look at that. And it's in things like, um, I remember fantasy posters. Like, uh, I remember my mate, uh, his, his brother was in the was in the army, and we used to sneak into his bedroom when he was when he was away. Look at his ninja sword and his um, all these. He had these wonderful like Vallejo uh, art books with nudie ladies with little um, saucers over their boobs and this sort of thing. <laughs> and um, but you'd but you'd kind of get lost in a lot of that artwork because there were so many. Rodney Matthews is one that always sprang to mind because there were so many details in those. Like you, would, you your mind would just kind of disappear off and you'd be looking at all these other details i wonder where that door leads i wonder what's yeah, on, yeah. What, what lives in that castle over there so i mean there's there's certainly um, things that you can we do don't we don't spoon feed people i think that's the thing that people don't realize is when we were growing up reading comics we jumped into issue 133 of a series yeah. Yeah. and now yeah. now they're like oh no i couldn't possibly do that i need to read from issue one because they want to be spoon fed everything they need to know but to me it was an absolutely fucking brilliant sort of almost Oh, you know, searching for treasure, trying to find out who's yeah. that legionnaire, who's that Avenger, what's that, who's that villain they're talking about there. It was like it kept me going, it intrigued me so much. Yeah. They're also That's written it. to be self-contained, so you yeah. you didn't have to know those things, but yeah, you oh, got I more mean, out of it if you did. And we're comic collectors. That's our mentality, isn't it? We yeah, need to yeah. collect, don't we? It's almost like you know. But you yeah. can do that with like characters. They can talk about their past and past adventures, and you would yeah. never explore that. But the fact that you know they've done stuff in their past that. I mean, Han Solo is the classic character for that, yeah. isn't it? All yeah. the stuff that went on before it. Before and he, one of my one of my favourite sort of uh, narrative tropes is when <laughs> um, sort of side characters are talking about, oh, this person's a badass. They've killed this many people, and you keep hearing this story of how this person is just the best thing ever, or like like they're just a tornado of death, and yeah. then that person arrives. And it's almost like, even though you haven't seen this person at any point, as soon as they walk in, your mind immediately goes, "Oh shit's going to get real now." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because because what because what the what the author has done there is, is they 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 built the world for you because yeah. this is a world in yeah. which people know this guy and they react to him. It's kind of, yeah, it's 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 something where you where the I think I, I think this is something about how certainly when people talk about like politics in comics, I think what people specifically have an issue with is when when that is badly done because i mean mm. politics yeah. and we've talked about this man yeah you yeah. don't yeah. want to be hit over the head with it enough, do we yeah. Yeah. funny enough i was listening to um listen to um when you're early is, is this the list is, was that the reader questions episode mm. you did? It might, it's come yeah. up a couple of times to be honest mm. but yeah okay yeah. well i've got i was one to listen to but the um but yeah it's uh it, it's because because the the problem is like there is there there are biases and there are politics inherent in whatever you're doing. Yeah. Right? So yeah, of course. The the yeah. the, pro the problem is, it's 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 all it's you can 
you can rant and rave about whatever you want. But again, it's that whole thing of you need to give the other person imaginative space. And if all you're going to do is just rant at them, yeah. you're probably better off writing an essay or writing yeah. some sort of polemic yeah. rather than because what yeah. you need to do in that in fiction is you need to just kind of make it part of the uh, part of the world and kind of make them uh, come around to themselves rather than just pushing yourself onto it the whole time. Mm. And the other thing as well is that, as I say, your biases will always betray you. Always. You don't need to be that political all the time. Now, this isn't to no. say that you can't be you can't write. I mean, like Orwell or Margaret Atwood. I mean, they've written works that are clearly political. Of course they are. They, these are more kind of along the lines of fable than anything else. And so they set up a different relationship with the reader and the and the artist in that sense. But it's um, God, what was, what was it's, it? I was you get, what I was it's also the, the risk of like you they sort of set up a straw man argument in in some of it and like oh this is oh why are you defending this this is so black and white issue i'm right and this is wrong and so sometimes it's kind of well nine times out of ten it's more nuanced than that i think, you know I, mean? think yeah. I think that's but that's that's the great the great six thing about politics like, isn't it yeah exactly yeah, yeah. i think i think the great thing about something the great thing about something like um Hamay's tale is because I guess is what novelists are always looking for. And I think artists are always looking for is paradox. You're always looking for that kind of, uh, okay, so we, if, if all you're going to tell me is Trump is a big orange racist, I said, well, I know that because of the Yeah, exactly. Well, what, what makes you think I don't know that? That's kind of yeah. pointless. So why are you, why are you saying this? To, why but you, to entertain you, I'm going to, a whole issue runs of issue telling you that Trump's a big orange racist and there's no inherent entertainment value in this well, and it's, 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 why are you telling me this it's but just... it's also I, I feel like it's also i need more than that i yes, need you to yeah. tell me i need you to bring something new to the argument i need you to tell me so why why has this why is this so popular now why how have these people risen to power what effect is this going to have extrapolate mm. makes it because yeah, science yeah, that's fiction that just states the obvious it's it's not really predictive in any way you're just stating yeah. the bloody obvious so I mean, and again, your biases—your biases will always betray you. Yeah. If you if you have horrible attitudes towards women or people of color, or uh, you know, that will betray you in your choice of character, yeah. in your choice of resolution to a story, in your choice of plot, in your choice of everything. The issue is that you, the reader, needs some degree of literacy in order to interface with that. And I think a lot of the time, what people have is a very fundamentalist attitude towards art these days it's it's the equivalent of seeing a drawing of a hamburger and trying to eat it hmm. no don't try yeah. to eat it it's not a yeah. hamburger it's a drawing yeah. of a hamburger it's very true yeah, i agree yeah, it's exactly right yeah. villains are villains for a reason yeah. you know yeah. and that as well i think that's the thing you know villains can be you know if you've got a villain he may well be a racist i mean you're racist but i think people think that you writing a villain who's a racist makes you a racist as a writer and that a lot of people are afraid to fucking push boundaries you know they're afraid I mean, to experiment anymore i think they've there's a lot of people out there being safe i think mm. yeah. i think i think yeah i mean this that is that's that's certainly an issue and you can see that in sort of I mean, you go back to sort of like the 50s with like sort of the mccarthy era and everything where yeah. you know you i mean pe people i mean we, we lost like a generation of, of great of great um you know screenwriters from <laughs> from there yeah. from the i mean i'm actually wearing a t-shirt that says frederick wortham can <laughs> eat a dick that's what my t-shirt <laughs> genuinely yeah one of the things that maybe is kind of getting too much into the philosophy, but like, I feel like sometimes there's this attitude of like, people are good and there's no inherent evil or darkness to people, where I believe it's the opposite, where you, you have to work and overcome that stuff and not give into those kind of baser, darker yeah, this, side of it. And 
they think by by not addressing that that means it doesn't exist and it won't come up which is we know is absolute folly yeah I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting, like bring it sort of back to Black Beth. I mean, this was something that I in this particular story, I kind of glommed onto. It was the fact that Beth is um, Beth, Beth is like a, she's, she's like the Punisher. She's one of these kind of slayer characters. Mm. So her whole thing is I will stand up to injustice and evil wherever I see it. And there are times when you absolutely need that. You absolutely yeah. need yeah. that focus and that courage to stand up to 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 absolute downright evil right um however what you need to be aware of is that there are organizations and there are people who will try and take advantage of that narrow vision and that passion mm. uh and will try and manipulate them into doing things that actually aren't progressive at all um and i mean you know one of the, one of the great themes of all time is you know people who who, who think they're doing good are actually evil like the spanish inquisition yeah. didn't think they were the bad guys no yeah yeah <laughs> neither did the um you know neither did the, the salem witch hunters they thought well what do you do you like witches you know it's you, you've um you've it's <laughs> that, yeah you it's, always trying to read history and you think to yourself I, I would be the one i'd be fighting with the freedom fighters i'd be the one hiding Anne frank up in the loft and it's like <laughs> yeah. nine times out of ten no you'd be fucking goose stepping like we could be doing it right now, like marching into some shit. Well, this is like, this is. I mean, this is this this is all the things that sort of great literature and great art talks to you about. But mm. it's kind of like and it's and, and addresses. But it's just about you. What I, I feel really, what we really really need right now is greater literacy and just the the greater ability to interface with texts, especially now with in the age of fake news and God knows what else. Is like you you just need to be able. Uh, to understand art and to be able to kind of uh, understand perhaps where a creator is coming from or what they might be saying. Now, for example, I mean, there's, there's, there's certain, I think there's certain times when you look at, for example, filmmakers, you see filmmakers over a period of time and you see the same creative decisions are made in film after film after film. There's one filmmaker that springs, I think Sam Peckinpah mm. was a filmmaker who, I think was a genuine misogynist. He deeply, deeply hated women. And you can see that in the choices that he's made. In oh, you just got to hear the, the interviews for straw dogs and all that sort of thing. Yes. Did he interview George, well, I forget the lady's, lady's name now. He interviewed her with no trousers on, didn't he? I think. That's right. I, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think I've heard. Yes. He was, he was a horrible, I mean, yeah, I mean, but it's, so what do you, what, what do we now do with that? What do we now do with that? Would you kind of stick it in a drawer and forget about it? Or how do we, yeah. we need to be able to understand this and, yeah. uh, and, and, why these things happen and um yeah we, we're getting quite deep now aren't we but um i mean it always <laughs> happens i mean pe people tune into this show thinking oh i wonder what fart and knob jokes is going to be this week give us 10 minutes yeah, yeah, yeah i mean we started this chat with a few minutes about viz yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing to, me, kind of... to me alec it's all about experimentation man i think yeah i think I think art is I'm worried that art is becoming and I think it's it's because of the proliferation of you know the the unnuanced effect of Twitter and yeah. stuff like that it's, you know art is becoming too safe these days and I don't think there's enough people out there taking actual chances on stuff I mean yeah. you you go back to the 70s and you look I mean we wouldn't yeah. have you, you wouldn't have David Bowie or Public Enemy no. if, yeah. if people didn't take chances and were were you know we wouldn't have the Rolling but, Stones but, they, you know yeah, these but, sort of, it does yeah. it worries me though I think how did we, how did it come to this I don't understand how like we've gone from I think, being. I, I I think it's the the effect that the internet has had is it's it's kind of it's 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 kind of made 
all these niches it's almost like rising waters and it's just kind of it's made all these little niches now mainstreams that everything is part of the main water i mean you have like i mean there are so many subcultures whether it's you know comics culture gym culture tattoo culture queer culture it's all just kind of in part of the you know it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's all part of the mainstream now and it's kind of it's um yeah it's 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 um it's odd and i think if you look at things like 50 shades of gray 50 shades of gray is designed to be consumed within a very specific arena it's it's, mm-hmm. it's essentially going back to porn it's it's basically porn it's supposed to be erotica yeah. yeah yeah it's supposed to be consumed in that safe space you're not supposed to read it as a political manifesto <laughs> no yeah. you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. and what you um, find what it, you find with these like these cultures and communities that that build up around them and i think comics is a perfect example of it yeah, is um, yeah. we're we're very much in the in the small press field and then when you're interacting and you get to know all these comics people, it feels like you're part one. You're part of like this this huge world that you weren't really aware yeah. of before. And also, it seems like it it's bigger than it is. I think a lot of these subcultures yeah. And, yeah. and these communities are an illusion. It's, it's yeah. amazing when you're part no, it's, of it because it feels yeah, yeah, it feels like the biggest thing in the world. Comics to us. I mean, you're, if you're listening to this show now, comics are like one of the biggest things ever they're a huge part of your life you they're they're, they're yeah. a huge part of all of us when you're looking at the the grand scheme of the world this world that loves all these reality tv shows and you realize i mean if you sell if you sell yeah. a thousand issues of your big. comic you're doing fucking well yeah, yeah. you know what yeah. i mean that's how small it is you know in yeah. the small press you know? yeah. i spoke yeah. to someone yesterday about small press i might have been talking greek and said no concept of <laughs> like, think, comics think... is it yeah I think I think as well going back to the whole thing about niches and I mean one one of the unfortunate things is that I mean obviously a, along with those niches are some very nasty horrible niches that yeah. have also now mm. been given a voice and I mean there's certain things that you know me as a white dude at a convention would not have noticed or even known about and yet you know there's 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 all you when when I've, I've had ladies tell me about things they've experienced at convention you think what the hell? i remember the first time i'd ever heard that i thought what the really people do that and yeah. it's like, well, you are you talking about cosplayers because i fuck you could talk about cosplayers <laughs> i fucking hate cosplayers don't start your hate no. for cosplayers tony i love cosplayers <laughs> i just want to put that out there keep doing, I mean, keep doing to, what you're doing <laughs> yeah you, you do hear some stories and you're like Turn fucking cold. hell like yeah, where'd that yeah. come from because obviously but, like I mean, but, we don't see it but it's there but i mean just but I mean, just 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 going back to that. I mean, it's it's like the it's it's there's there's a lots of of horrible nasty stuff that's kind of come in with the mix that we now have to deal with, and it's kind of I think we're in a period now where we are just kind of adjusting to kind of okay, we now know that this shit is happening, and we now know that there are there is this person and there is this person and there is this person. How are we all going to move forward without? killing each other basically because we mm. want comic comics as far as i'm concerned i don't think all comics are for everyone like crossed isn't for the same audiences yeah it's just a medium know, after all lumberjanes yeah. That's yeah. Just, yeah. But, but the medium of comics is for everybody and there should be no gatekeeping and no one should okay. ever feel as if they're being pushed we need out the numbers Alec. that's yeah. what we need we need yeah. the numbers at the moment and you know what i mean it's uh, i'm all for that thing of like out. if you don't like something and you find it offensive it doesn't mean it shouldn't exist and yes do you know I, mean, mean? I mean that's that's the that's the mentality that the the gunman had when they walked into the charlie hebdo office exactly yeah i can't, yeah, exactly. I can't tolerate exactly. this being in the world and i need it gone yeah it's mm. like that's not the way forward that no. really isn't the way forward yeah. and it's like we, totally we need we need to come from a place of understanding and you know 
frankly a place of love you know we need to kind of you know recognize that everyone's about and just have a generosity of spirit and a moral imagination and, and there's, um, also, there's also a certain um obviously that a lot of the sort of modern comics as well you, you've got like your, you know your mainstream big tool whatever you want to call it then you've mm. got the, you know and then there's the comics are an art form um yeah but i think people must never lose a sight of the, the comics need to be consumed the way that we're talking, about, I mean, Black Beth exists because you were a kid who read it in a holiday special, obsessed with it, and and now now look at us, you're now writing it. Um, yeah, that's cool. And, and, and now, Sold out in Gosh, by the way. Sold out in Gosh. There you go. Oh, is it? Oh, really? yeah. I bought the last one yesterday. Oh, fantastic! Nice one. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. My pleasure. No, that was um, yeah, that 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 was sort of weird because I, I remember reading. Do you remember? Did you ever used to read Hammer House of Horror? Yeah, I loved it, man. Do you remember yeah, Shandor Demonstalker? The, yeah, I loved it because he was in Warrior for a while as well, wasn't he? Yeah, that's it. I, I wrote I, I wrote a game book of um, Shandor Demonstalker in um, when I was a kid. Again, I was just so obsessed with game books. Nice. I mean, constantly sort of coming up with like other adventures because obviously there was only ever one episode of Beth and I was just like, well, what happened? Where did this yeah. go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it, just, yeah. it just became this kind of, you know, going back to that sense of wonder, like, well, where did she go next? What did all these things do? So, I mean... When we, when I brought her back for the for the first story, I, I first I said to um, uh, the editor Keith Richardson because I asked him like because he said oh we've got this IPC stuff now so we've got Scream and I, I kind of said hang on a second you got Black Beth and he said yeah pretty <laughs> sure we do so I was just like oh mate you you please like can you get me and Danny who I'd work with on another story because she'd be absolutely perfect for yeah, it yeah she's a great choice uh, for this man she's, yeah, yeah she's phenomenal. Really good. Yeah. yeah, she is just incredible to work with. I, mean, I know she quotes so Toppy as an influence, but I'm seeing a bit of um, maybe John M. Burns or Frank Bellamy or someone like that in there as well. You know, who is it who used to draw Garth? It's that that sort of feel. Yes, yeah, yeah. Bellamy, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I think I, I think I almost I almost feel like sort of sad because it's because the thing with Danny is she changed up her style slightly with every story that we've done so far. Right. Um, yeah. And it's just yeah, she's 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 phenomenal. And I mean, in every, every time I've gone through it, I've, I kind of. I, I had a kind of specific redesign, not redesign, but I just sort of said, okay, well, look, we're gonna we're going for a kind of uh, young adult audience, perhaps maybe a little bit older. Um, so maybe make Beth a little bit younger. I kind of based her on, on a young Barbara Steele. Um, just choice. to kind of yeah, yeah, just to sort of get that sort of Euro, that Black Sunday era Barbara yeah. Steele. Um, oh, I can see. I can, do you know what? I, now that you say that, I can totally see it. She was always quite. <laughs> sexy, she was always quite sexy, Barbara Steele. But she was there was a touch of evil about her, wasn't there as well? Oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and um, so I got I kind of threw pictures of uh, of, of uh, Barbara Steele at Danny and just sort of said, okay, how do you want to do this? And I said, well, um, we we can't because Danny just wants to make everything sexy. And I said, all right, Danny, we can't <laughs> reel re- it back a bit. We can't go. Otherwise, we'll have to cover the ass in black ink constantly. Yeah, get that black ink, <laughs> black ink in. Yeah. Yeah. So. Pull it back a little bit, um, yeah. and um, I, I think so. We made her and Quido younger, slightly younger, and I made the relationship slightly different as well. So we based Quido. Um, the ref I sent it was for Liam Hemsworth. Um, gotcha. I, I was just like, he's got. A Who's that? Uh, Liam Hemsworth. Who's that? The, he's. Um, I'm he's only joking. He's a very hot young dude. So I was just like, yeah, he's got a liar. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you put um, you put that into Google and you get a hell of a lot of different responses. A hot young dude, isn't it? But, oh, yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on there for a while, and yeah. I put the um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know the um, the the blindfold from that. Um, oh, what's the name from my career picture? 
Rose in um, Hawkeye Slayer, the uh, the blind wizard lady. Oh, yeah. the yeah, yeah, the witch lady, and she yeah, yeah the witch lady. She's she's, yeah. she's got a little blindfold with the eye on it. I said, yeah, she's got wear, she's got wear, he's got uh, Credo's got to wear that with a little eye. <laughs> awesome. So that's our little homage to Hawk. Um, and um, but but all the monsters and everything else, I pretty much just said to said to Danny, look, you just go with it. We, this is roughly what we need. We need something that can go underwater. Maybe it looks like a crab. Maybe it looks like this. But you tell me what you want to do. And um, she just went, oh, great. I will do this. And off she went and um, and just sort of comes up with this crazy stuff. And Wait, um, the, way, the way she, um, she she's got such an individual style. So she yeah. so, some of the stuff is like fully in focus. But sometimes it's it's little more than a few lines that creates a, um, um, a background sometimes. But it's so beautifully done. Yeah. And she does it with color as well. A lot yeah. of the lines yeah. are drawn in color, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, you got those black, heavy blacks, and like you know, if you zoom in on it, what looks like squiggles, but what you're seeing is a beautiful mountain that someone's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, do you think maybe it's 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 that whole thing again about like just conjuring a world out of just very little. Yeah, Um, and the color palettes as well. I mean, it definitely it really sort of sings of like you know those sort of pulp fantasy sort of covers. You know, feels like Brooklyn covers out of the seventies. You know, those thin sort of pulpy fantasy novels. That that color yeah. palette's running through the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of it's it's kind of because I don't I don't want this to be uh, you know a, a book for old farts that just go oh I remember but at the same time <laughs> I want it to have I want it to kind of have that completely um, swashbuckling no snark. That was one of the rules that came out with this. Like there's going to be none of this modern dialogue. You've got to have, oh man, I'm so glad. Yeah. yeah, I think we went from this is my theory. We went from people mimicking current, you know, life and dialogue in comics yeah. to people mimicking movies to people mimicking other comics to people mimicking fucking Twitter. Yeah, you know, I, I think I, I honestly think there is an essay waiting to be written about the effect that social media has had on storytelling. Yeah, because yeah, because there's so there's so there, there, there are so many movies I've seen, so many TV shows I've I've, I've seen that feel like they're kind of ready made memes. Or, yeah. the, or they've been kind yeah. of like they, they've made they, with that in mind. Yeah, or the script, yeah. the script was 140 characters or less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 a it's a weird thing, but I mean, it it comes back to that sort of conditioning people into just accepting the first thing that you're seeing to take every single thing literally, and it's not a healthy way of you. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I'm not the biggest fan of social media. I kind of consider it digital cancer, to be honest. But <laughs> yes, I just too. it's um, I think I, I think it's done some incredible things. But I think a lot of the insidious things about it, um, I think we're, we're going to end up paying for, quite honestly. But um, sorry, I'm very dark. No, agreement. No, totally yeah, yeah, kind of... We're completely on side with the only reason the three of us have got social media is to promote our comics and promote this podcast. And that's probably it. I was listening to what you were saying about um, about Kickstarter. And I think that's that's one of the reasons I don't think I'd ever be on Kickstarter anytime soon is because I just can't. I mean, I'm constantly told that. You need to be online. You need to be happy. You need to be putting out newsletters. You need to be doing. Where the hell am I supposed to be getting the time to do this? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm yeah. too busy trying to get work done and yeah. and get it out the door and get an invoice in. I haven't got time. I have not got. I'd love to be writing blogs all day, but yeah. I, there's no yeah. time. There but you, but no you're time. a writer as well. That writes um, comics. Now, I mean, <laughs> that sounds like the most basic statement I've ever said. But what what I mean is like when I've read an Alec Warley comic there's text on the page it's still a, it's still a comic and everything flows through but there are words on the page you know that sometimes we we see comics that someone's written them but there's only a couple of bubbles of dialogue and the rest of it's all fight scene five all fight, pages fight, that's easy fight, isn't it yeah. fight, yeah. fight scene five pages five quid 
I mean, I'll be, I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest though. I think I, I do think at times, like I think that comics are, are probably like best as as that kind of purely visual medium. And it's like oh, when totally. you when you when you when you do have a silent comic. I think when you when you lot, read a lot of uh, sort of manga things like that, and it's just like you're just setting up scenes, and you've just got those uh, aspects of you know you've got yeah. quite these Scott McClouds here, but you're going to these sort of aspect to aspect panels where it's just you know rain dripping off a gutter and yeah. rings of rain in the in the puddles and that, and it's just having the time sort of put together an atmosphere and just not having any words at all. Yeah. I always think that it's, it is good to just pull back as much as you possibly can and just push everything into the dialogue. Um, and even then just don't have people nattering all the bloody time because no. yeah. there's so much in it that you could, you could get that point across um, just by setting it somewhere else, setting it in a garage rather than a calf or whatever. Um, so, so yeah, but the, I think, I think again the, the the problem is what was the again there's there's the um I should know this there's there's the uh there's the McLeod transitions and there's one of them where um the reader needs to infer um something that isn't evident in the uh panel so for example you've got the girl crying on the phone saying I'm absolutely fine and she clearly isn't fine because we yeah. can see that she's crying. Yeah. And I do those are, I think are sometimes the most powerful transitions in a comic because those are the ones that bring your reader in. Yeah. However, unless you have a very close creative relationship with the artist, a lot of those, um, or unless you've stated exactly what effect you're after in the script, um, an artist will sometimes miss them. And then it just yeah. lands like a dead fish on the. Yeah, I think it really is down to the relationship you got with the artist, especially Definitely, if you work yeah. with them before, and you know, and and especially if you're speaking to them as well. I yeah. I always chat. To, I've never sent a script off and just somebody's just drawn it and sent it back to me. I was I'm always chatting to them as it goes on. I think I think another thing I wanted to bring up there as well, Alec, is the importance of knowing where you are and placing yourself somewhere in a comic. I think a reader needs to know that they're in, you know, the world of the barbarians, you know, on a mountain, or they need to know that, like you say, they're in a garage. I think it's really important. Once you've got them there, then you can take them through the story. I think, I don't think that's yeah. done enough sometimes. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's, it's just, yeah, it's again, it's kind of having that sense of, but which is like, it's, it's, it's tricky when you, when you're working on stuff like, um, but 2000 AD, I find it is it is it's it's almost like you're writing a haiku because you've just got yeah, such yeah, a yeah. tiny amount of space. It would yeah. be, I mean, this 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 is why uh, you know Eisner wanted to kind of move into graphic novels because you've just got these tiny strips and you you're. It's not that you don't have enough room to say anything. It's just that your vocabulary is completely shrunk down. To kind of yeah. this and nothing else yeah. so when you when you're working in 2000 ad you're working in five page uh chunks there's there's no room for aspect to aspect stuff you've got to keep everything moving there has to be a fight every there has to be something going on in this yeah. uh, in this episode whereas if you were to write a dread graphic novel it you would be able to tell a completely different kind of story and i think people would be shocked to see the difference in the feel of yeah. a dread graphic novel as opposed to a dread broken up into five episode pages because again your vocabulary just expands and i think this is why i said this somewhere else recently i think this is why a lot of creators like um al ewing and rob williams who've, who cut their teeth at tooth owl go off to america and oh my god you've suddenly got 22 pages they just suddenly explode um and they can do all sorts of stuff and and they just sort of start experimenting and going a little bit wild and crazy and um and you you know because you you do have that kind of freedom the the page count is just so important it's the first thing that you 
do you ask of a project? It was like with Beth, like, well, how long is it? Is, yeah. is it 38? Is it 38 pages? I can't remember. Yeah, it's quite long, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. yeah, the book itself is about 52. Um, the main, uh, the first story is like 32, 30 pages. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, okay. and, then, and, I, and I do remember me uh, kind of like an idiot because I thought, well, the, the last one, the witch tree, was kind of like this little it was quite theatrical because it was just this one tree and stuff happening around it. It was quite sparse and there wasn't too much going on beyond the dialogue and just these little bits happening. I kind of wanted this one to kind of move around and have a lot more action in it. So I ended up kind of scaling the story quite tightly. Um, yeah. So that so it, it kind of rattled along quite quickly, but I found that is a, that is a crucial skill. I think in any form of writing yeah, okay, yeah. knowing and knowing how to scale a story because it's, um, what what lends mass mass to a story is characters and scenes so if you've got too many characters you need to give them all something to do um and then suddenly you're adding on more scenes so if you just if you if you shrink down your characters to the the absolute minimum that you need you will have more time to get to know them you will have you'll be able to do more with them they'll be able to express themselves more rather than having half a dozen characters that you've got to get across in 10 pages and you've you got to establish them, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Exactly. Yeah, it's really so interesting, you've, man. You've, yeah, you've, yeah. Really, you've really got to scale it properly. And it's something that I've I've learned over the years is that, you know, pitching pitching stories that you realise when you actually come to write it, you're like, oh, my God, I've got to cut half of this out because I've just not got room for it. <laughs> um, yeah. Because, you know, if someone's speaking, you've got to have them all in the same shot and then the artist hasn't got room to breathe. So it's always just kind of trying to pull it back as much as you possibly can. But going back to guys like Eisner, I think I'm, I'm sure this is why they just wanted more pages because you can do more. You yeah. can, you can say more, you can do more. You can, you can he uses a lot yourself. of quiet pages as well. I doesn't he? Yeah. he uses a lot of conversation, yes. but a yeah. lot of like rain and buildings mm. and alleyways and stuff. Yeah. yeah that's it. And, it yeah. and I mean, it's, it's stuff like that that just builds atmosphere. And I think that's why yeah. I, th- I think, I think horror is one of the hardest things to do in 2000 AD because you don't have space. You yeah. have to be very, very clever. Mm. Um, in in deploying atmosphere because 2008 generally doesn't have space for it no. um it's just all about it's it's back to andy diggle's you know shot glass of rocket fuel you've got to just keep moving mm. um so yeah and I, I think um sort of working on longer form stuff you uh, that's that's really borne out i think i, I well, kind of really think that's true well <clears throat> speaking of longer forms i don't know if you can hear this noise but it's it's vince desperate to ask you about realm of the dam <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, do you know what? I was just looking at the cover of one of them then that was so strange you said that um, yeah I mean I mean, Realm of the Doubt I, I, I was thinking about this as we're talking about collaborating with artists and obviously yeah. having the longer form and stuff and I think even when I've um, I think I recommended each of the books as I got because I got the first volume at the 40th didn't I guys um, I oh was that. it okay yeah, yeah 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 and then I just collected them as soon as they came out but that was a when I spoke about each of the books, I think every time I, it was one of those, you can see that, that you as a writer, as well as getting all the, the story and everything going, going in, you know the, the artist you're working with and you're letting them yeah. play. And you're like, yeah. because there's, there's, <clears throat> there's pages in those books that I could have as a print on the wall, or, you know, or, or there's that real cinematic and epic scope to it. And do you find with that it's it's building up that collaboration before you know and and how much detail do you give give an artist when you just say you want a, an epic scene of like someone walks into a cathedral um yeah. <laughs> how much do you give them 
So what? What again? It, it it kind of depends depends on the artist. I mean, like some I'm, I've I've really got into the habit now of just trying to kind of go into a pitch with an artist because then you kind of know what they like drawing and what mm. you know their their kind of interests and passions are and what they like doing. <clears throat> but um, but I do think a lot of the time um, I, I don't know if I don't know if this is a controversial view or quite what, but I, I do think that there's certain media that are. Um, better suited to uh, uh, specific roles. So, for example, uh, theatre is often regarded as the actor's medium because that's where an actor can really flex their muscles and can really shine and can show the whole range of what they can do in terms of their body, in terms of just everything. And I think in film is definitely the director and the editor's medium. Novels are the writer's medium. Um, you can You can... It is all on you, right? It is all yours. But I think when it comes to comics, I adore comics. But I have to admit, I do think that it is really the artist medium. And I've always found that it is obviously uh, this. This is this is. Uh, I'm, I'm coming up with the story and I'm writing it and coming up with these characters. But I almost feel like I need to support the artist wherever possible because it is really them who is doing all the heavy lifting. It is going to take them. I'm essentially doing half a job. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. It's um, easy being a writer, isn't it? It's the artist who <laughs> put the real work in. That's right. <laughs> it's like, but it's, it's just, I mean, this, I mean, really, I mean, don't be wrong. It's, it's, it's bloody hard work um, writing, but um, it doesn't take as long as the art yeah. does. And in, in the time it takes an artist to do a whole graphic novel, I can have ploughed through three or four, other comics projects do you know what i mean mm. um simply just in terms of the time it takes but i think it's it's what you're really what you are really looking at you're looking at my words but you're you are seeing it through the art first mm. um so what i will do is I've, i mean when i was starting out i made some terrible mistakes poor mike dowling i mean this this stands out a terrible thing i did them <laughs> once we did a we did a Thug's thriller back in the day. It was it was it was like an M. It worked out really well. It was like an MR modern MR James type um, ghost story about these three guys. Uh, it was called Th- uh, Six Brothers, and it was about these um, these uh, these three brothers who are all uh, criminals, and they've broken into this place, stolen these uh, this neck this cursed necklace, and then uh, as they're coming home, they find out. Um, for example, uh, I, th- I think one of their their wives says, um, "Oh, did you bring someone with you?" And the brother's saying, uh, "Well, no." She goes, "Well, I, I saw someone walking behind you," and there's basically uh, three extra people have followed them followed them home from the job, uh, and only, only three of them went in. And uh, so there's these things that are haunting them. Anyway, I that's said, fucking I, brilliant. Sorry, yeah. fucking no, no, <laughs> drop the mic. That's the mate. That and I can see the <laughs> Mr. James sort of influence there of that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was it was sort of like M.R. James crime sort of thing, and uh, so anyway, I I, I kind of had these very sort of specific things I wanted to do with it. So uh, so I ended up drawing because what I used to do is I used to literally thumbnail. I, I I printed out like these kind of like six seven panels, and I would draw little thumbnail sketches into each one to make sure in my mind that it flowed properly. And I literally gave poor Mike Dowling scans of these things. Said I want you to draw that, and God bless him, he did it. Um, but he should have just said, "You can fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, but what I've, what I've learned since what I've learned since is that you really, I think, as the writer, you do need to let go. You do need to mm. trust your artist. Yeah. And um, what I'm I'm at a stage now where I try and keep. Um, um, so, for example, what I did with Beth is I will have character biographies 
not biographies, but character descriptions front and center on the front page. I will keep them separate from the rest of the script so they don't clutter up anything else. So it will say Beth, um, uh, white, early 20s, late teens, Barbara Steele, blah, 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 blah. And I'll say what she looks like, how she stands, body language, that kind of all the essentials. Same with Quido, same with any other characters in there. The setting, I'll, I'll put uh, hyperlinks to reference. So now when I'm doing the panel descriptions, they're not getting clogged up. I can just get straight to the... Yeah, I do the, the same, actually. It's, nice um, it's almost like having a little Bible of stuff. And it yes. helps me, actually. It helps me remember people's names and shit like that as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always just try. I always feel like it's my job to keep to, to give the artist everything they need because it, it's it's difficult because if you're if you're working on 2000 AD, you might not know who you uh, who your artist is. Uh, and so yeah. what, you need, what you almost need to do is like give them a set of crystal clear, uh, you know, IKEA instructions where it's just like they can just open it up and just know what know what's going on straight away. Um, you, you, you do get some amusing things sometimes, little um, sort of cross-cultural uh, misunderstandings. For example, I was, I was working on Troll Hunters uh, based on the, the DreamWorks TV show for uh, Panini Germany. And the artist, lovely, lovely guy, Ingo Romling, is an absolute bloody genius. And um, I use the word the kids are carrying torches as they're walking around the, ro- uh, walking around the woods. And, um, he, he didn't draw ghosts, lit- did he? No, he, lit- he, literally, he literally drew um, like burning sticks. Oh, oh right. right, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh no, I meant that. But the the other, no, sorry, that wasn't the one. It was the one blowing raspberries. I had a, I had a gnome <laughs> sitting on Toby's shoulder, blowing raspberries in his ear, and he he drew the gnome lucky with raspberries a raspberry in his hand. Yes, yeah, spitting <laughs> raspberries. I don't oh, understand this. Um, this saying what is this blowing raspberries and i was like oh yeah it's not me go do that he didn't know what i was on about so um, i think al ewing told me there was a there was something that happened in one of his early future shocks he said that because there is no there is no room in a panel description for simile and metaphor don't put them in panel descriptions because al wrote um the character trips and falls into space and the artist literally drew them falling into space with like, planets <laughs> oh, and the cosmos everywhere. And it's like, That's I don't really understand. But it's Al Ewing, so it must make sense. And it's like, I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> what I meant was <laughs> open air. Um, so, yeah, you, you just got to be crystal clear. But what I will do as well in my descriptions is I will put, I'll put a lot of kind of emotional directions. So if I want to get, if I want, if I need the artist to get um, a certain feeling across, I'll sort of say, um claire conflicted or uh she's thinking about this that and the other just so that the artist is on point mm. with where the characters are so even if i'm suggesting I, I i will tend not to suggest camera angles i might sometimes go wide shot or establishing shot or close if it's like um if you really need to see the character's face i will say close up yeah. and then yeah. Yeah, yeah. describe like okay what but it's a lot of it is more like I'm telling them the story and just letting them do what they want with it. I tend to say um, if we need to see three people in it for future panels, I'll say, you know, yeah, we need to see these three people because yeah, it's going to yeah, work yeah. out, play out further on. You know, I tend to do that and a bit, I, yeah. I think yeah. there's also, um, there's no reason why, if an artist isn't sure about something, why, yeah. they, why they can't say to the right, I just want to double check before, yeah, before, yeah, yeah. before i draw this I, th- I think that sometimes that's lost on a, li- on a on a few people because obviously you don't want to feel like you maybe you don't understand it or you don't want to bother the person especially in, yeah. like, in, in the world of small press and, and like indie publishing and stuff you, you know it's you can go to uh, you can just direct direct to them sort of say i just want to yeah, double check yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think I think what a lot of us what a lot of artists will do with me now as well is they will show me just pencil layouts and just rough layouts just so I can see. Yeah. And we've we've and you I mean the thing is, I mean, no matter how many times I read through a script and I will read it through until you know, just looking for every typo and every single thing. There will be something in there that I've completely popped yeah. up. Um and it's like, oh shit, I didn't mean that at all. What I meant was this. And I haven't made that clear at all. So and so that again is is when you when you know the artist well enough and they trust you well enough, because I think a lot of artists I think I've had experiences where I can sense that the artist is reluctant to show me anything because they think I'm going to be a prima donna and say, Oh, I'm not really feeling this. Can you just redraw everything? And this poor sod's on a deadline. You know mm. what I mean? So it's like yeah. it, it, it's it's making sure the artist time is money for these guys, isn't it? Yeah. That's the thing. And the yeah. editor's biting at it because he wants it to get to the letter so he can get it published. Exactly. And- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's just you, I, I I'm always painfully aware the artist is the one that's going to be under way more pressure than I am because they they are going to need to get this out and you know life happens things happen and you know um, jobs come up and you know they've got to squeeze this in and all the rest of it so you know it's it's understandable they they, 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 they there will be there will be greater time pressures on them and certainly the yeah. letterers as well but um, especially like if if the art if the artist gets to sort of issue 12 and uh you know opening panel twelve thousand people steam over a hill on horseback <laughs> i write that sort of stuff just to wind them up yeah that's the point in which the artists will pro i mean um there, there was this there was this bit i felt so bad um we did a, a hook jaw with um lee gallagher in c uh, and there was a bit when we did the final reveal of hook jaw and uh lee drew him with clothes on and i was like oh shit mate he hasn't got clothes on and he was like oh no what you doing oh, bloody hell and then <laughs> i was like oh mate lee i'm so sorry and i said and then he, and then he was going oh mate it's a it's a total redraw i can't just do this so i said okay so I came up with a solution i ended up buying him a 20 quid box of um capri caramels and to get them sent to his house i felt so bad because he, he, he had to, and he was on, he was on, he was on a deadline at the time as well, and he was just like, oh, oh but um, yeah, yeah I, I sorted him out. I just, I, I, I basically gave him um, diabetes, I think, just by giving him yeah, yeah, totally. I think it was, it was with pie as well. I mean, the poor, there was this one creature. I think it was in the second book. I said, so uh, the thing she's fighting is, um, it's one creature, but it's made up of lots of of lots of people all strapped together. And he was just like, that sounds great, but how the bloody hell am I supposed to make that move? <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, I don't really know. I just thought it would look cool. And he's like, oh, for fuck's sake. So just, and it nearly <laughs> killed him. It nearly yeah. killed him, I'm glad to say. And that's saying something for some of the stuff that... Oh, pain. There's some yeah. of the stuff that Pi's done in, in those books is unreal. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like I say, it's just, you're coming back, you're just trying to support the artists and yeah. give them room. To, because they will surprise you and it's it's it is it is a two-way thing it is you it's uh uh you know you you come up with words but i think you you're really looking for like the springboard yeah. that's going to really kind of spark something in them that, and they'll and they'll just come back with stuff that just absolutely surprises you and yeah. like bloody hell that just looks what? 20 times better than i thought it would ever ever was in my head yeah. what have you got coming up alec have you got anything are you doing another black beth for example or what you know much uh, more for the prog i or? hope so i hope so i mean I've, i'm yeah. working on another um pitch for darren red at the moment so cool. hopefully oh, you'll be but that's just the pitch at the moment i'm working on all this is the annoying thing like being a, a writer I, I i am working on stuff but i can't say yeah, um, yeah it's like it's yeah. like watergate isn't it yeah <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. um all i can say is i'm working on a folk horror graphic novel 
and that's all I can say. Okay. Um, oh, cool. So I'm working on that one at the moment, and um, hopefully more Durham Red. Um, lots more stuff for Warhammer, uh, Black Library, and um, yeah, I mean, like that's going back to the whole difference between like comics writing and prose writing. Don't ever yeah. tell, you know, don't swan around telling people you're a graphic novelist when you're just a writer. Mate, be a novelist, <laughs> yeah, write because <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> seriously because like you can't hide behind an artist when you're writing prose because like this is all on you every single bit of heavy lifting is on you um as i say it's like there's there's different mediums i think that kind of uh, not favor but perhaps but just um you know give give a give a greater platform to certain disciplines maybe okay that's that, interesting that's yeah. dude, dude can we can we play a game we've played before just quickly before i know we're a bit you know we're getting there we've had you for a while now but we do this game where Oh, one God. of us will I'm name a bit, a I'm a bit worried here. I'm a bit yeah. worried here. Go on. Go right. for it. Digestive biscuits. No, it's not the one. Um, <laughs> you, I, we, I say a character, and the first artist that comes to mind, ah, yeah. you okay. say. Yeah, oh, we've God. we've done it before, and it's really interesting because it kind of gives us a little insight into who you see as the character almost, you know? Okay. So, so I'll, I'll give you three characters. First one, yeah. Batman. Um, oh, um, oh, shit. What was his name? Um... I think he passed away recently. Um, early nineties. Um, uh, oh, fruit. Um, he did. He, he, he did. He did stuff in the early nineties. Did stuff with Alan Grant? Did he? Maybe is that the yes, one? Yes. Yes. What's his name? You know, making me blank on it now. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, go on to the next character. I'm going to see if the look internet up, will help. Okay. Yeah, I know it, people it, are shouting it, at there. Okay. It was, it was all. It was. It was all really sort of super simplified. It was kind it, of simplified, really atmospheric. And he did, Norm Brayfogle. Really... Norm Brayfogle. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yes. Good. Okay. That's it. Good. It yeah. came to me. Okay. Next one, uh, Dread. Um, do you know what? I might say Brian Bolland, but I think that's only because I've seen the same Popsy panel 40,000 <laughs> million times. Punching, punching fear through the face. I've been punching fear, so maybe yeah. that's it's, it's kind okay. of like, God's sake. No, yeah. no, it's not, there's no wrong answers. And um, um, let, me, let me think either him or let me think. Um, uh, just sort of think outside the box for a second. Um, no, do you know what? I can't get bottled out of my head now. Uh, Let's I'm do that one with Vincent Dad Vince. Dread. Oh, um, oh God, I man. think uh, it might be Carlos for me. Yeah, I'm, I was going to say Carlos. And yeah, it's pure, sure. purely because with, with Dread, it's, yeah. the, it's the jaw. It's the jaw. It's, it's yeah. so whoever, distinctive a style. Yeah, whoever, yeah. whoever did the jawline that you remember is the dread that you <laughs> you know. And Carlos's yeah. dread had such a the way his mouth was on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan, yeah, yeah I'd say that's a good shout, Carlos Guerra. Okay, yeah. yeah. And la- last one for you, Alec Slain, which is an interesting one because there's... oh, uh, Bisley. Yeah, Bisley, interesting. Yeah, okay, yeah, Bisley's yeah, right. mine. Uh, Dermot, Dermot Power was the later one because I, I I got in. Um, yeah, but Bisley was the one. I think. I think the, the, the amazing thing with Bisley is that the you, you often sort of think of him again. It's like you you sort of think about sort of the myth of Bisley. You think, oh, it's just this kind of super macho like Frazetta knockoff. Just look at the sensitivity in Horn God. There's so many like the, just the little kind of abstract stuff he does, like when Slain is talking to the goddess, and there's just this leaf next to him, and just so beautifully rendered. And it's just, it's yeah, yeah it's, it's it's amazing. And just that his face. It doesn't look like a like a brute. He looks sensual. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I get you. Yeah, yeah. yeah amazing. Uh, totally. Yeah. 
And I like when they have sex in the woods and all the little animals watch them. That's my oh, favourite yeah, bit. Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a good bit. Yeah, I think Pat's got Pat's got a book out, isn't he, in a cut in about a month or two about the oh. history of Slane, which is going to be really interesting. Oh, that'd be it's now ended. Yeah, I think I think as well. The thing I loved about um, Bisley and Slane was like it was almost like he would change styles on the same page. You know, about three. Yeah, it's like you say, yeah. there'll be, be like the sort of Disney style at the end of that one. And then there'll be this. Then there'll be Frazetta. Then it would go to something else. And there was that. It was really appropriate to the strip because it just felt protein. It was just always changing like, as it went through. It was just, yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah. definitely a character that's had uh, ages. You know, it's sort of yeah. It's, I mean, it's you know like a Viking story, isn't it? It's that's what it yeah. is and. You know, you can say Ballard Nelly and you can be as valid as you, as if you say, you know, Simon Davis, really. You know, it's such yeah. a difference sort of through the line there. Yeah. Who would you yeah. who would you say for who would you say, um I'll do I'll throw you one then, Conan. Busima. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate I appreciate BWS, you know, but I think Busima's an interesting one because his yeah. ink has really affected who he was who he looked like, I think, sometimes. Yeah. 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 Ernie Chan That's... on Busima, I'm gonna say. I really like that look. Yeah. Who's the who's the guy? Because I remember reading again, going back to me fighting fancy game books. There was a when I started reading like some of the Savage Sword of Conan. There were these just incredibly inked. Yeah. Um, there, there was like these big splash pages of like Conan walking through a um, a temple, and it really looked like Ian McCaig, who did you know Ian McCaig did the, the black and white art for a lot of the Death Trap Dungeon. And oh, okay, the, okay, right, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I, yeah. I, I'm sure he must have got some some sort of uh, inspiration from some of those ones but i don't yeah. know I, I, I don't think know john busima was very very light on layouts i think his inkers yeah. did a lot of heavy lifting on some of his work god bless him yeah. but yeah 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 and there's some yeah those savvy sort of conan um phone directories you can get with the black and white yeah. pages are fucking amazing yeah i've got those i've got that uh, fantastic yeah. absolutely have you read the have you read the the um the jason aaron ones yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, not all of it. I don't think he's quite the king of the Hellfire Club for me, but you know, I think some of it's pretty good. Yeah, I, do, you know, I think I've, I've read I've read like the first arc, and I've got to say, I do think that I think that what's the miracle in that in those books is just that he manages to do great Conan, but he manages not to neuter him, and yeah, yeah it exactly. kind of gets what's great about him, but just also <clears throat> completely rides that line and makes it current as well. I thought I thought he did a fantastic job on those. Yeah, no, he was the best choice for it. Yeah, we it. talked about that. Yeah, yeah. J- Jason yeah. Aaron's got a brilliant concept, uh, you know, handle on like, especially his Thor run, you know, with the God Butcher and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, oh, it, that was terrific. If yeah, that's yeah. if that's not the comic <clears throat> that got him the Conan gig, yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, we wanted him to get Exo Man of War as well. That's the other gig that we uh, we were yeah. fighting for him to get. I think he'd be great on that. Imagine, uh, you know, Conan the Barbarian in Iron Man armor. That's what you want, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> Have you read his um, scalped? Love it, absolutely I mean, love it. That is something I don't, I, I don't know how he wrote that oh, it's because it's just, it's just so phenomenally. It's like the Sopranos, like you know, yeah, thing. It's really just, is. Because I mean, fucking bleak as well. Oh my it, god! Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just absolutely incredible. I mean, it just all comes down to character as well, and it's just yeah. literally you've just got a handful of for us, a fairly small cast of characters. And they're so well drawn, and they all bounce off each other so well. It's just yeah. absolutely incredible. And they're, and they're all multi-layered. There's no yeah. really bad guy. There's no really good guy. Yeah. You know, well, there's no totally. good people at all. But yeah, yeah. 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 It's just I, th- I think just the logistics of stuff like that because I mean when you look at things yeah. like I, I think this is something else with com- like modern comics is that um, certainly in, in sort of later years because comics have got to sort of stand up to things like TV, things like Breaking Bad and Sopranos yeah. and everything else. Uh, but those things have writer's rooms and they have a dozen people 
half the time you're a one-man band and it's difficult to be able to equal what they're doing <laughs> because we yeah. don't have the resources. Uh, don't yeah. don't um, give it, look, don't, look, after this chat, Alec, <laughs> don't give us any of that nonsense because we know you're one hell of a ma- one-man band. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and this, but, yeah, but, I tell you what, we could talk to you for absolutely weeks. <laughs> yeah. I, could, I could go on, yeah, totally. totally yeah. Go on. <laughs> um, I mean, Black Beth is, is brilliant. We love it. And, Thank you. I mean, Thank you. where can people sort of get it if they want to get their hands on a copy? Um, shoplifting. Um, <laughs> no, um, yeah. no um, I believe WH Smith's uh, comic shops, I believe it is out in the States on the 21st of June, I think. Oh, cool. Um, and I think from the 2000 AD web shop as well and from the 2000 AD app, because they're not in comicsology yet. Um, Will they ever yeah. be? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's a bit above my pay grade. But um, yeah. yeah, and the um, there, there were previous ones as well that were all in the Screen Misty specials from 2018 and 20. Oh, I can't remember. Yes. Um, but yeah, these, you can pick those up as well, I think, from sort of back issues and stuff. Go for it um, cool. and pick up Alex's work because it, it, it's great. Yeah. We're, we're, we're fans anyway. And, oh, um, thank you. Thank definitely you. come back on, man. That was really interesting. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, we, we occasionally run a little craft series, so we'd love to get you back on for that as well. Man. Yeah, yeah, I'll totally get yeah. that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I've been banging about that stuff for ages. I'm a real process nut because, I mean, it's like I've been, I suppose, all, all writers are. So we're all kind of self taught, I guess, in yeah. a way. But I mean, I've always kind of constantly trying to sort of find easier ways uh sort of more efficient ways of doing what i do so i mean i've just got reams yeah. and reams and i mean reams we, we can tell stuff. you're a writer because you use words like protein uh actually <laughs> in, a, in a sentence and it made yeah. sense um i mean obviously um social media aside uh where can people uh like website wise and stuff where can people find more of your stuff i, I dwell on a mountaintop uh four <laughs> winds and no wi-fi oh god i wish no um i'm on so i've got my website which is just alleywhirly.com um oh god i wish i could update it more often than i've got time for but i just i just don't i've there's a few blogs on there i've got a few uh craft blogs on there as well uh but nice. really my, the one place i'm reduced to now is uh is instagram and i'm just on there as uh mr alec Worley with a little warhammer grumpy son on it uh, you can find me on there. I usually kind of post what I've got coming out or bits and pieces on there. Oh, so nice. Instagram's the place to be. That's where I'm happiest as well. Yeah, yeah. totally. I can't, I can't be dealing with Twitter. For the moment. Facebook I go from ages ago. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there plans to I'm... fuck around with Instagram as well? Yeah. <laughs> make it all videos. Let's end on a high. <laughs> let's not the, moan about yeah. Yeah. Comic, Comics are joy. <laughs> go get Black, yeah. Black Beth and yes. Alec. You've been a legend, man. Thank Thanks, you for man. joining us. Thank you so much, guys, for having me. I'm really, really, yeah, thank you. Good stuff. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, there you go, folks. It's good. That was, that was good, wasn't it, eh? Hey? We're definitely back on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we could have kept talking for days. I know we said it in the interview, but there's so much, so much comics to talk about with Alec. And uh, yeah, mm. thank you again, Alec, for, for joining us this week. I'm looking forward to seeing more of his work coming up. Yeah. And uh, he writes Warhammer, so he obviously knows how to... People love War- a Warhammer, don't they? The War- yeah. Warhammer is... That's heavy stuff to write. Big. I mean, because that... There's a lot of backstory to that. And hell of a yeah. lot of lore to that stuff. I know that, because I once walked in a Warhammer shop with my son, and the man went, what kind of warrior are you? And I went, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> oh, oh, did you put your thumbs up and go, sex warrior, and then moonwalk yeah. out of the shop? <laughs> yeah. You can marry those two up. Viz and uh, did a, a strip called Warmallet. Do you ever read that one? <laughs> no. <laughs> and a dad goes in with his kid. 
and like the kid wants to buy like some wood elves and some like berserker marines and like <laughs> the shop walker says these two would never these two factions would never work together they're from different time periods and the guy's like just buy the, sell the fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like oh we we'll have to get the manager and then the manager comes and basically refuses the sale and then it cuts to the outside of the shop and it's like shut down with like boards over the window <laughs> 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 war mallet oh dear yeah hopefully we will get to work on see if we can get a biz chat yeah man I'd, yeah. I'd love that yeah yeah, we'll let Dan host that one. Shall we? Tell oh, him? I love that. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you know, well, we joke about it, but Dan, Dan lights up like a Christmas tree when we talk, when we talk about yeah, this. He does. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're so generous giving us the annuals, Dan. And yeah, you've pleasure. Converted, yeah. You've converted me. Cause, it helps yeah. the readership by two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> so they're doing twice as twice yeah. as good as any of our comics. Dining out on us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be be that good person in the world that gets other people comics. Exactly. That's a good oh, thing. Good. I like to send comics yeah. to people. Spread the love. Yes. Yeah. yeah. God, maybe we should try... No. That, I'll, I'll, it's uh, it's Dan's birthday soon. I've sent him a comic. Yes. Hey. I know that because I got it. I haven't opened it yet. <laughs> yeah. um, we should yeah. do a, maybe do like a Christmas, do like a, a Secret Santa. On the Slack. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, That'd I, be great. I, and I... Th- I you know, because there's a lot of uh, there's surely there's some sort of comic swap or something mm. that we can do some sort of yeah they do it I, on other I, other slacks. I, I, I've seen yeah. Um, yeah. one thing I've I've seen a few sort of creators and artists do is um they have you seen um this where uh, creators will put together an issue of their comic or whatever or their zine and they'll put it somewhere in the world for, like just I have issues, seen that yeah like so people can just get a free comic if they see it they can have it. And they just sort of hide, hide it somewhere. Yeah, it's um, fascinating stuff. I, I think I might yeah. I might do it around my town centre. That's a good idea. What with the sign, uh, sort of like eight by tens of you. No, yeah. I might just go around and distribute some <laughs> copies of Viper around. Do you know he just he just let that go? <laughs> didn't he tell me he just he just. Do you want me to send you some Hall Chronicles as well? Right, get a get, give away the photos. That's the the. That's the gold. That's the fucking gold. <laughs> Also, that means they could track me down and chin me in the street. It's just <laughs> not high up on the list of things yeah, that yeah, want to happen. Yeah, yeah. You need to take your addresses off those. Oh, what, they have your face? Yeah. Oh, well, it's not just the face, Tony. No. Yeah. Fucking balls, too. No. <laughs> it's an 8 by 10. We ain't got that much. <laughs> Real estate. <laughs> oh, so dear. We're too excited this too, week. We're too excited. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, do we? Speaking of good, do we have any shout-outs this week? We do, don't we? We've yes. got a few. Yes, I've got some. Shall I go first again? Yes. Yeah, yes. Go. Okay, so first off, Cat Food Comics. Three Titanic titles, a comic fancy epic character handbook and Savage Simeon sketchbook, all in one bag. Back it. There are buddies. Um, it's Cat Food Comics 3-pack who are on uh, Kickstarter. Go and do that. Next one. Do you fancy owning some Henry Flint 2000 AD inspired art? I know I do. Um, then for a small donation to the Mind Mental Health Charity, you stand a very good chance. Just go to the Mega City Book Club on Twitter at MCBC Podcast, and you'll find the link, and you can go and donate. And as long as you send, make sure your name's on it, then you'll go into the raffle to win. He's got quite a few bits of art, actually. I think he sent sent a, p- a piece back to Henry Flint to sign it or something, and then Henry Flint ended up sending him loads of pieces. That was very kind of him. So they're all up for a um, for a donation. Awesome. Sam Brett, Sam Brett, he is a good kid, isn't he? 
not only did he help me carry boxes into Nottingham Comic Con every year, but yes. he's also a very good artist, up and coming artist. He's a he's a good kid. He's not allowed to listen to this because we're too blue, but um, his dad can his dad listens, so he can tell him. Um, he's busy drawing um, um, stuff to so he can raise money to go to Tanzania and help out a charity that contributes to conservation out in the country. So for a worthy, and he's a good kid, and he needs to go out there and help these people out. I think it's a good idea. Head over to Nottingham Comic Con dot co dot uk nottingham comic con dot co dot uk and you can buy a sketch with a small donation or just donate i think there's the alternative to do it so go and do that as well there you go there we brilliant fantastic uh, my one is um a notification of, of a upcoming kickstarter from our yeah. pal kev cooling yeah uh, we've been chums chums with for uh, we see him at seemingly every convention yeah he's really i collaborated didn't we on him we we yeah. we all worked on um tony osman together didn't we yeah. Yes. Um, yes, and he's got a Kickstarter coming up soon. Sugarcane Cyberpunk. Mm. Um, it is a thirty. It's a five sketchbook containing thirty eight original characters from the worlds of Sugarcane, which is a cyberpunk sort of tale that he's been developing. And uh, he, I know, uh, he a couple of years ago he did a prose sequential short Sugarcane prologue. So um, that should be. I mean, it says notify on launch, but I think it's going to be going live. This week, Anytime, as we speak. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's tonight, and, isn't it? It's just yeah. gone live, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's also got it's got an A4 print by some, um, yes, yeah, saucy what's, man, some, some Dan Bouchard. Dan, Dan Bouchard, that is me, yes. I've been uh, <laughs> working, you finished that today, week. didn't you? I finished it today, sign off today. Kev was on his way back from Holes and he, he approved it en route. Where was there he? Go. The might of the internet on Holes holiday, holly bulbs. I don't want to give away the uh. The location, Southend. Blimey, yeah, you, you sound like a spy when you talk like that, Dan. I don't want to give away the location. Um, yeah. but, but yes, the, <laughs> there's going to be an A4 print by a Dan Vanguard Butcher, which is going to be a freebie for the first few backers. So go for. I think it might be a, a, a time thing, so you've got to get in there. Yeah, quick. So get on it. Just look up Sugarcane Cyberpunk on Kickstarter and check it out. So Dan, have you got any? No, that was there mine. You go. Beautiful. You did it for me. Oh. Otherwise, we could be accused of being lazy, lazy, but you know, that's all right. Yeah, a bit lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll shout about it next week, then it looks like. Oh, it looks yeah. like we care. It looks like we care. Or we organised in any way, shape, or form. We <laughs> never do that. We never do that. I mean, that, that, the whole beautiful mystery of this show is no one ever knows what is organised and yeah. what's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. The effort that goes into this show. Yeah. And it shows. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> um, we, it's time to recommend some comics some, to some people. Um, yeah. Who wants to go first this week? Well, we're going to double team, aren't we? We're going to uh, double oh, should up. We, should we start with it? It's an honourable mention, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we both read this week Fight Girls by Frank Cho and Sabine Rich, which is Frank Cho's new um, five-part series out of AWA Upshot, which is... Um, they're sort of adulty type stuff, isn't it? Is that right? I'm thinking. It it feels like that, yeah. Although this doesn't really scream of being an adult book. No, so the sexy ladies, but there's no like overt nudity, and it's quite cool, no. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Did you want to say what the story is about, Mister V? Um, oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. Just throwing it over to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, but fight girls. I mean, obviously, um, by oh, who? It's not just Frank himself. Is it a couple of people? Coloured by Sabine Rich. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, basically 10 hard as nails women face off in an ancient contest of champions where the winner truly takes all. The title of Queen of the Galaxy. That's a hell of a title. To win the, to win the challenge, each contestant must survive the hazards of the planet's planet's harsh landscape, the ferocious predators on and below its surface, and their fellow contestants. Um, and I'm not going to say any more than that, because as always, the synopsis gives a little bit about the story, which I which was a complete surprise to me, because I, I went and read this, because I follow like Frank on Instagram. That's why I did it, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I love him as a creator, and he's been showing like some process stuff. No, I read like, it because it's Frank Cho, Sexy yeah. Ladies, Jungle and Dinosaurs. That's all I ever want of Frank Cho. Yeah. And also, he is an ultimate baller, I believe the phrase is, because all this week he's been doing pictures of himself with sexy ladies dressed up as the characters from this comic. Well, did he, like, One of them is show... in the hot tub. Yeah, doing a show appearance like in the shop the next day and they were going to dress up as the characters and he was in the hot tub the evening yeah. before with both of them. He's a genius. Yeah. And um, think, what can you say about that? Uh, just... the, the sm- <laughs> the sm- I've told them I'm Jackie Chan's son. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the smile on his face says like it looks like I'm getting away with something. Yeah, I'm totally getting... <laughs> grinning, like, um, grinning like a Cheshire cat. Yeah, this is a, a very um, it's a simple book. Oh, it's a simple setup and a simple book, and it really it speaks to me of like um classic. I think uh, when we talked about it initially, Tony, I was like, it's like a like a seventy sort of uh, sci fi film that sort of setup. Very yeah, much, very much um, you know, people can people will always do the shortcut. Oh, it's like. Uh, Battle Royale or Hunger Games or things like that or Running Man or you know it's, yeah. that, it's that bunch of people dropped into a place and the last one to survive wins the the prize sort of thing. But there's obviously more going on to it. But this this issue is is very simple on its surface. Um, I I think I'm looking forward to what how it's going to develop in the next couple of issues. It's it's a simple start, but they add the last pages someone's added, and then there's in the middle of it there's a couple of extra men who are added to the mix who are going to complicate matters. Yeah. You know, did you read it, Guided View? Yeah, the, that's the, I read it initially, Guided View. Then I bought a, a, um, a real copy of it in Gosh yesterday. But I did find the Guided View made, made the me realise that quite a few of the ladies' faces were very similar. Yeah, um, the, the Guided does View does have a little same face. The Guided sure. View. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there is a there's a page that because um, there's ten um, challengges. Like scorecards, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of thing. So, yeah. so yeah. this introduction number one is this person from this this colony, or number two is this. And I was going through. Oh yeah, cool, cool. Hold on, number seven looks like number six. That was there was a. Yeah, that's what I got. Eight, nine, and ten look virtually, virtually the same. The which is okay because some of them are going to die off quite early. I'm guessing. Yeah. So, to me, it's I look at a list ten women like this and I immediately list who I'd have sex with first. I think that's <laughs> the way I do it. Um, probably seven, one, two. That's where I'd go with that. To be fair. Vince, you want to weigh in? I'm not weighing in on that. Okay. Um, not even first. Who would you do last? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I love about that? It is the genuine seriousness of which you have yeah. <laughs> We're joking, yeah. everyone. Yeah. yeah, there you go. But it's worth a, it's worth a look. It's good. Either get it in singles, get it in the trade. Probably be quite fun. I reckon to read as well. But it's a nice mm. comic. I mean, and it's I mean, beautiful. Absolutely I mean, beautiful. You know, it's. I think if it's a trade, it's going to be a very quick read. Um, yeah. Which yeah. For, for this sort of pulpy content, I mean, I mean, we mentioned Roger Roger Corman earlier. There's something a Corman esque about the setup of this. Yeah. Okay. Um. So well, high concept. 
Yeah, simple yeah. but high. Yeah, yeah but it's, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah. The yeah. cover's a bit... Uh, I mean, obviously, the, the artwork... Looks like it. the Olympics, the cover, which I, I thought was funny. Bear in mind, we're a few weeks away from the Olympics, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, picked yeah. that... Well, almost, I think I did, or I nearly did pick that cover for my cover choices. I think you did too, didn't you? I don't think uh, I did. Yes. That. I think I it's think a bit of a, a, a simple cover. I think I, I kind of know that's what he's going for, but... yeah. Mm. I yeah, find bearing on the interiors with the, the dinosaurs is absolutely beautifully and yeah. complicated oh, rendered yeah. and stuff. Yeah, Frank Chodos dinosaurs, and anyone who's seen him draw dinosaurs knows that dude can yeah. fucking draw dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. When we do our weekly cover picks, I notice me and Vince tend to go more towards the kind of graphic designy covers. Yeah, we've said that because you do a graphic design. Yeah. On, yeah. I tend to go for more sort of that's a little bit more old school, I suppose. You yeah. Know? Fair play. Mm. I just find some of the ones where they do like team pinouts and like mm, it's just. A bit of enough in that. Yeah, yeah. The, the ones that have just come out of the back. Oh, we need a cover for this. What have we got? I've got this by Alex Ross. Doesn't tend to tick my box, to be fair. No, yeah. Yeah. yeah, or if you marvel, they just won't put the cover on there, when you? Um, yeah. Ah, all right, bitter old bloke. The, uh... <laughs> in my day. You <laughs> uh, had the covers uploaded by 9 a.m. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Plenty of time. Yeah. Okay, do you want to go next, D? Yeah, I uh, took a punt on a uh, manga. Uh, oh, yeah, I saw this. Yeah. Called I Am a Hero. I found it absolutely fascinating. You put this in the Slack, didn't you? Yeah, I really found it a fascinating read. Uh, it deals with the story of this guy called Hideo Suzuki, who's like a 35-year-old manga assistant artist. And this great big volume, half of it basically this details his life leading up to this kind of like zombie outbreak kind of deal. And he draws it's, – it's just an absolute insight into the life of someone. I know it's a fictionalized event, but I feel like a lot of these scenes are real, like – they go into these Japanese uh, offices and rooms where they, everything's so compact and crushed in around them. And they're drawing and drawing from like 11 in the morning to 11 at night and they're getting food in. And he's beating himself up about how no one seems to like his manga and how, how seriously he takes it. And he's got a girlfriend who his previous boyfriend was, is a really successful manga artist. And he's like, oh, I never want to read that guy's stuff. And when she's gone to sleep, he reads it and he's like, oh, fucking hell, it's brilliant. And right. beats himself up. But he's a real unlikable character they've crafted. And it's on purpose. He's kind of not slightly, uh, he, he sort of hallucinates and sees like this little man cartoon character that he talks to. And he, he's talking to him. And then someone in his studio says, oh, you shut up. You're talking to yourself again. And then he, he realized that he's not been talking to anyone. He's just been sitting there drawing and speaking aloud but and in the background of these uh, this life as you see him like with his girlfriend he cheats on his girlfriend he's him and his mates go out drinking he does all this other stuff but like in Shaun of the Dead you get these things littered in the background where these incidents start happening where people are getting bitten someone starts acting crazy and like they say oh, I saw someone get knocked down he sees someone get knocked down and then she walks off and so that's oh, really fucking weird and it comes to a head where uh he goes around to see his uh, girlfriend. I won't give it all away, but he's looking through the key, the the fisheye lens on the door, and you get four double page spreads of this wide angle of like the his girlfriend's apartment. It's all dark and blackened, and she comes rolling off the bed and moves towards the fisheye lens, and it's fucking brilliant. It's so well done. It's, it's right. real creepy. And like we were talking before, that time to kind of give stuff to breathe. If you'd have done this on the panels on the page, it wouldn't have half the impact mm. because she kind of approaches this fisheye lens of the, the door 
with her head bowed so you can't see her face and only does it when she sort of brings it up at the last minute it's absolutely deranged all yeah. oh, right yeah sounds good they're not like the the romero zombies they kind of retain a slight bit of their intellect and they're, they're just a bit fucked up and demented and they want to do is bite people which carries on the infection and the this is uh, an omnibus one it, it holds the first two books of the story in the first book it ends with like his girlfriend's attacking him when she's infected and then it, it goes from there i don't want to spoil it if you want to read on but uh i found it really interesting the, the, it's interesting the character is such a dickbag he's really <laughs> unlikable uh, uh i'm not sure where the the i'm a hero title of it <clears throat> he comes up with his own manga he pitches it in the the first book to the publisher and the editor gives him feedback saying like the problem is with your books is the the protagonist the hero isn't really the hero they they don't they're very passive they don't seem to do very much and i think that's echoed in the book with the main character so as a kind of like he's not your typical he he is the hero of the book but he's not really a typical hero he's like an an ordinary bloke that it just kind of caught up in this and he's not some kind of action hero and knows what the fuck he's doing straight away he's a bit of a mess and uh it'd be interesting to see where it goes yeah, I think it's like I'd want to read. I don't want to get all the books for, but if there was like a, a subscription service I could buy and read it over a couple of weeks, that's what I'd, I'd, I'd plump for. Okay, so yeah, yeah uh, sounds good. I, yeah, I found it interesting read. I'll try and do a quick scan of those double page spreads so you can see. Yeah, what what it's like. Nice. Should nice I one. say who that's written by? Uh, it's all done by one guy, uh, Kengo Hanazawa. Cool. Uh, it's got published in. 2009-2017 so it's going a long old time wow bloody hell and when you see the artworks like fucking hell (laughs) 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 some of like the city streets and the interiors are just absolutely jammed up with like little details yeah go for it shall I go yeah go on yeah man man goat and bunny man (laughs) issue one of three Uh, the bunny man's called Floyd Written by Joe Brucher, Ralph Tedisco, Dave Francini. Art by Guillermo Fajada. Colours by Ulysses Ariola. Really? Letters by Taylor <laughs> Esposito. <laughs> Published by Xenoscope. 36 pages full colour. Um, Man Goat is a heroic dude with a goat's face. He's great with the ladies. An all-round sort of modern hero type, except he's got a weird sort of goat's face. He does a bit of shagging. Bunny Man is the son of the Easter Bunny doesn't wear clothes and flies into crazy violent blackout rage um attacks and often wakes up covered in blood full of worry and regret regret um he wields an axe because he says that's the only weapon that his paws can carry um and when he's not being a sort of violent bunny he's full of anxiety and tends to shit himself an awful lot um at the smallest thing like he bangs on a window and a woman looks at him and he shits his pants in it uh, well, he doesn't wear pants because he's naked. Um, it starts with the pair absolutely eviscerating this sort of gang. Um, there's axes, there's guts and blood and everything all over the place. And uh, Floyd the bunny comes to from his rage and is drenched in blood. And is just like, oh, I did it again, didn't I? And it's like that. Um, they go back for a rest from the adventure and Goatman shags this human lady who comes over. And Bunny gives his hair a shampoo with this new shampoo he's got and he stands in front of the mirror. So he's, he, he goes from being like just absolutely crazy to being this sort of really naive character. 
um, who just looks like a fluffy bunny. He's really cool. Um, turns out there's something else going on. There's a group of Satanists who are kidnapping women in the woods and a team of, you know, like um, high tech hunters who are hunting these these cryptids, cryptoids um, who they, you know, as a sort of hobby sort of thing. Um, and our heroes go into the woods to tell Bigfoot that he's been spotted on telly once again. So they go back to Bigfoot's place and Bigfoot has got like a widescreen telly and all this sort of thing. And he collects butterflies, but he's a bit of a drongo. Um, and it's a three issue series and it's absolutely, it's just brilliant fun. I bought it utterly because of the title. I bought it digitally and it's just huge amounts of fun. Um, well, I think we often ignore, ignore Zinescope, don't we? Because we kind of think they're sort of TNA title, yeah, yeah. you know, bit really, don't we? But this is just really good. This is like better than big two, you know, better than image books. I don't know why people aren't paying attention to it. It's super violent. There's a dose of the sexy. Um, the art is detailed, fun. The the artist utterly knows what he's doing. Um, there's a lot of horror. There's a lot of comedy in it, but it's it's very well balanced. And there's a big humanoid rabbit who um, keeps shitting himself everywhere um <laughs> and keeps getting upset because people think he's a cosplayer which is which just ticked all my boxes so yeah it's very good so it's called man goat and bunny man i don't think it's full price i think it's like 179 or something like that on, on the comicsology but it's really fun i want to get a trade of it when it is finished i might have a look in um in diamond to see if it's available soon but yeah really good that's my one nice and just another quick one to finish this off <laughs> <laughs> this this week easy yeah um and it is from our old pal Stuart Mulrain it's a short sharp almost a creep show tales from the crypt like tale called Roadkill which um which I we, ha- this. we haven't yeah, yeah. I about this I think this is, is, this, bought a, it. is yeah. this on Comic Comic House yeah it's on Comic House isn't it yeah it's on Comic yeah, House yeah. now um don't want to say too much about it but it's a great sort of little uh, sting in its tail uh, no pun intended about uh, a, a guy who's a bit of an asshole driving home at night and then um, he hits something in the road and that's all I'm going to say because <laughs> this is this is great. I think I think Stuart's... Every time Stuart does a piece of work, you can see the development, can't you? And like, especially with the narrative in this, it's just just great stuff. I, I love it. It's, it's quite gruesome. He stepped into the world of Gru, which is quite nice. Um, oh, nice. Lovely, lovely designed book as well. With uh, the best pull quote ever on the back, which is just, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, and that's, messy, that's, isn't it? that's yeah, yeah, Stuart's yeah. wife. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yes, check out. Um, I think Token Nerd on on yep. Twitter, if I believe. And yep. like I say, on Comic House Roadkill, it's it's a very a short, sharp, and it'll just make you smile. Little tale, great stuff. And I see you just posted the nerds who fought themselves have got uh, 4p on as a guest this week, so have a listen to that. Nice, nice. So there you go, folks. Lots of wonderful comics to check out. Comic chat this week. Um, We had fun, um, but as always, when we have too much fun, we we go off and have a little nap afterwards, don't we? Yeah. Because we're old. Uh, (laughs) Treat ourselves. (laughs) We we treat ourselves. And... um, and should you want to get in touch with us, you should treat us by getting in contact. Um, oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. And there's several different ways you can do it. You can email us, awesomecommonspod at gmail.com. You can follow follow us on Twitter at theawesomepod, where we'll be posting about upcoming guests or retweeting good 
comic content that will just make you smile because that's what we need more of these days. And if you do the Book of Faces, go to facebook.com slash Podcast. Join our Facebook group, Awesome Comics Talk, which is a wonderful community of people that just want to talk about comics and make comics, etc. There's also a Slack chat, which yes. if, if people want to get involved in that, how do they do that, guys? Just contact one of us. We'll give you the link. Yeah. Yeah, find us wherever you find us. There you go. And that is just lots of different conversations. It's all about comics. There's some art threads and there's all kinds of the stuff. The art threads have been great today. Yeah, yeah loads of stuff. Going in. There's a Winnie the Pooh homage gone up today, which made me laugh. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I mean, that's all the rage at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. Um, thank you for listening to back. us. brought it back. It never went away, Tony. Um, which is why you should probably go see a doctor thank you for (laughs) listening to us whether it was on the website awesomecomics.podbean.com if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts I can't get words out I don't know why, it's that strong squash Um, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts please subscribe and leave a review it really does help support the show and it helps get the word out about this show and the wonderful creators and their comics that we talk about every week if you listen to us on other networks like Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife, oh God, what other networks are we on, Tony? We're on the Sea Life. The um, there's a, um, a conservation centre up in Scotland that produces clothes um, for sale, and we're on the Pod Sea Lions on a shirt. <laughs> uh... Don't 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 encourage him, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> but we Here will. We Tragedy has struck. I tell you what, right? I'm going to kick you off this call. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Where can people find us? Even slab at the ready. (laughs) Where can find? Where can people find anyone else but Dan Butcher online? Tony, (laughs) Uh, you can find me on Patreon.com forward slash Tribute Press. Go check them out because you get some great comics content. If you go there, new comic starts tomorrow or today. Yeah. Hey, yeah, it's a perfect time to jump on board, and because I think you get Thanks, access, you get access to all of the old content as well. So yeah, you can look at all the old comics we put on there, all the audio files, all yeah. the podcasts. Seriously, folks, seriously, folks, there's tons of stuff, just like there is on yes, the, uh, Dan, Dan Butcher's Patreon. Yes, uh, where can people find you, Dan? You can find me on Twitter at Vanguard Comic, and you can read Vanguard at VanguardComic dot com, and back Dan's. Patreon as well. Yes, uh, I, uh, as in the the uh, Viper stuffs kind of like going through the the, the work in the world at the moment. There should be stuff popping up there I anytime mean, soon. I mean, the scheduled one just come out while we've been talking. Seriously, these guys, yeah. Yeah. so many so many Patreon posts that I have to double check. I, I think is that more spam? Oh no, it's actually quality comic more. content. You yeah. know, it's um yeah, it's, it's quality, quality stuff. So go follow them and follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Jester Diablo. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to our guest Alec for joining us again this week. It was a fun one, and we hope you enjoyed it as well. Uh, wherever you are in the world, we hope you're happy, healthy, doing well, reading lots of comics, making lots of comics, and genuinely, what are you playing about with? Oh, sorry, I just pulled some pages out of my notebook. Is that what you call it? It wasn't a zip I'm going undoing or anything. Oh, yeah. say. That's been out for a while. Yeah, it's never been up. <laughs> <laughs> Much like our listening numbers. I'm only, I'm, <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only joking. Thank you to everyone that listens to this show. And if you're new to this show, there's plenty more great stuff to come in the weeks ahead. So from Dan, Tony and myself, we love you. Don't we, Tony? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get, I'll, that's my new challenge for the end of the year I get him to yeah. admit it 
uh, entrapment, I think they call it. Um, you, yeah, you love honey them. trap. You're a honey trap. Yeah, you know. It. Yeah, speaking of honey, you love them though, don't you, Dan? Yeah, of course I do. There you go. Yeah, nobody believes you. Uh, Have you seen Dan Butcher? Oh, Why cool. wouldn't you believe him? <laughs> <laughs> what a hunk! What a hunk! I've got my eight by <laughs> ten in front of me now. So we'll bid you. Me too. <laughs> we'll bid in you. my hand. <laughs> 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 and on that m- note where dan doesn't he doesn't know quite what to say have a yeah. brilliant week read loads of comics um and as always what do they do guys stay, stay awesome. awesome see ya see ya Look at Roger Corman presents Death Sport Games 1. Mm, I'll have to read that. I'm... Oh, I like that movie. Yeah. yeah. Comic the, um, you don't hear creaming your pants anymore, do you? As a no. I quite, it's quite like that. Yeah. It's jizz these days. Yeah.